And now, introducing the man who is currently on the run from the police because they found out he stole Seth Green's monkey. The man who has already has his Orioles tickets for August 6th because he's a closet Smash Mouth fan. And the man who ordered 32 copies of Weird Al Yankovic's new graphic novel. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. I do think... so. I don't, I don't know why. I think our levels are a little out of whack. I, I think they are. My headphones are super loud today. Yeah. Maybe that's throwing me let off me, a little let me, bit. Let me bring your headphones down. Look at the... Um, Look at the levels for us and compare to where they were from the no on, on, on the on the desktop. I feel like I feel like we both we need to come back slightly. Okay. I Sounds think good. I think both you and I need to come back slightly. Zach Goodman we'll is that. here for good a morning. Friday edition of the show. It's good to have Zach back in. He's gonna be with us uh, all next week as well. Just a quick note, we will not be here on Monday. We will uh, be recognizing the Memorial Day holiday and I uh, hope that you all take some moments um, to reflect this weekend. I know we're all going to have celebration, and it's a it's a great sports weekend. We've been talking about that a lot, but just hope that you'll take some time to reflect uh, this weekend uh, with the Memorial Day holiday. But we will not be here on Monday, but Zach will be with us all the rest of next week. Uh, appreciate him uh, pitching in and helping us out. Of course, um, he'll, be, he'll be here basically every day for like uh, the span of 10 days or yeah. something like that because – He'll also be in on the bat around tomorrow morning and next Saturday as well. So uh, a lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. I'm Glenn. He's Zach. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to catch up with Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. Of course, Ravens started OTAs this week. I know all the conversations about how Lamar Jackson isn't there. I have no reason to think there is some sort of bigger issue afoot. Um, as I said before, these things just don't add up. And I, I still have a lot of confusion about what's going on with Lamar Jackson and why any human being would willfully not try to get more money when you have the opportunity to and you just sort of say, eh, I'll wait on it. But nothing that we know and even the more info that we get, and I know Jeff Zerbeck's written about it at The Athletic, there's just, to me, no reason to think that Lamar is going to hold out of the stuff that actually matters. Mm -hmm. What it seems more to be is just an announcement kind of from Lamar, like, I'm not going to be a voluntary OTA guy, or at least a, all of the voluntary OTAs guy moving forward. And that's fine. There's a reason why it's called voluntary. I said this yesterday. There's a reason why it's called voluntary OTAs. Plenty of quarterbacks don't go to voluntary OTAs. Plenty of players. Marcus Williams got his money. He ain't at voluntary OTAs. Terrell Suggs never went to voluntary OTAs. And I understand that we want to feel better about ourselves, and we want the guarantee fairy to put a, a little uh, guarantee under our pillow. And so we say things like, yeah, but, you know, the more time with your receivers, the better. I, it sounds good when we say it. There is no proof of it actually meaning anything. It's just some esoteric stuff that we say. So we'll talk about that with Bo Smolka, and he can tell us if he feels differently, but... Um, Lamar Jackson not at voluntary OTAs this week. The world will go on. I, th I think it's important to note with that that Calais Campbell, who is arguably the team leader, is not either. Yes. So if that tells you anything, it, it, it's, it's an important note. Guys that got their money don't go to. Right. I, I keep. I think Marcus Williams is the one. Marcus Williams just got generational wealth mm -hmm. as a safety, and he ain't at OTAs. It's gonna be okay. There's a reason it's called voluntary, and I get it. In a in a to, uh, for our feelings' sake, we'd like to have the entire. We would feel like, oh my God, look how excited everybody is! They're all there for voluntary OTAs. It wouldn't mean a GD thing about whether or not they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. 
It would just no. make us feel like we're pretty. That's this what this always this comes back to why it is that we're mad about Mike Messina's stupid cap. We all want to be told that we're pretty. You're very pretty. You're a very special boy. Your mommy and daddy love you very much. Yeah. You want to rent a movie tonight? You can sleep in mommy and daddy's bed because we love you and you're very special. So we just want to feel like everything is very special. It's okay. We'll talk about it with Bo. Also this morning, Raul Marquez, former world champion, part of Showtime Boxing's coverage, Rolando Romero, Gervonta Tank Davis tomorrow night in Brooklyn as uh, Baltimore Zone tries to uh, continue a uh, lovely winning streak. We will chat about the fight, chat about uh, what we expect. Place to be for the fight is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel as they've got those 61 self-service kiosks, and there are so many prop bets available for the fight so you can watch the fight there you don't have to pay any extra this is not like when you go a certain place and they say hey if you want to watch the pay-per-view here we're going to charge you money in order it's not the case whatsoever but they got great food and they got all the self-service kiosks for you to get your bets in during the tank davis Orlando romero fight we'll talk about it with raul marquez Morgan State is a new football coach. Uh, his name is Damon Wilson. He comes to Morgan after a hell of a run, more than a decade, at Bowie State where they uh, were perpetually winning and finding success. It's a step up to the Division One level. We'll talk to Damon Wilson about making that jump here in a bit. And you never know what other uh, surprises might pop up during the course of the program. That's what's going on on the show today. All right, so uh, the Orioles were off last night. I-, I was glued to the Maryland baseball game. I am all in. I-, yeah. I-, I know I'm a college sports guy in general. I-, I wish that in my youth, college baseball had been more relevant to me, Zach, because college baseball kicks ass. It's so dumb at times. <laughs> like, yeah. there are just I- so many insane things that happen. I'm not saying that insane things never happen in Major League Baseball, because they do, mm-hmm. but like... College baseball is a completely different game from the seventh inning beyond than it was for the first seven innings of the game. Mm-hmm. And like the insane things that occur in a college baseball game are so great. And I fell in love with college baseball when I was working in Arizona, and Arizona State was very good. Yeah. It was a very big deal. Like they, they didn't have another spring sport out there. Here, we have a spring sport that we care deeply about, and so baseball kind of gets pushed to the side. College baseball kicks ass. It always has kicked ass, and I just wish I would have spent more of my life loving college baseball. The game last night was nuts. It was bonkers. Well, every Maryland baseball game this year has been nuts because they blow out teams by like 25 runs, and you know, basically like every other day. But so this wasn't that. This, this was, was not something that. entirely different. No. They're playing in the, the Big Ten tournament. Big Ten tournament, by the way, is in a very difficult spot because they had their first day rained out. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to push in quadruple headers every day until – a triple header on Sunday to get the entire double elimination tournament in with eight teams. It's yeah. insane what they're attempting to do. But they got to do it because Monday's the selection show, so you got to have your tournament over with because if somebody's going to sneak their way into the field, yeah. you got to get it over before they announce the, the, the field for the tournament. So Maryland and Indiana play 11 innings last night. As they've got to play another baseball game in Omaha, which I don't think got underway until about 11.30 Eastern time, yeah. uh, the Michigan game. is Michigan won. That's who Maryland will play next. This was this was bonkers. Maryland had a big lead. Indiana fights back, ties it up at four, forces extra innings. They score in the top of the 10th. And they're not doing the runner on second base thing at the college level. They just 
They generated a run. Maryland gets a leadoff double, manages a score in the bottom of the inning, but then leaves the runner in scoring position at second base afterwards. Indiana parts, puts together another inning in the 11th, and then Troy Scheffler with one of the great throws I've ever seen from deep in right field to gun a runner down, keep the game tied, and send it to the bottom of the 11th where Maryland won on a walk-off hit by pitch with the bases loaded because why not? Uh, Channeling the Orioles with that. There is some. There's something to be said about that. College baseball, babe. College baseball is wild. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. It was mostly more entertaining than the basketball game was last night. The basketball game briefly got entertaining in the second half, like briefly when the Mavericks made a bit of a run. Lucas stunk in the first half. Uh, a lot of comments about him being hungover. And, you know, I don't know. Luca. I, I think this is the shape that Luka is going to be. I don't know that you're ever going to see, like, jacked Luka Doncic. I think this is just kind of who he is. Um, he's been pretty damn good, despite the fact that he doesn't he doesn't look like everybody else. He doesn't appear to be in, like, peak Adonis uh, shape in his life. He looks a bit more, I don't want to say Charles Barkley-ish, but, you know, he just looks like a different guy. He certainly, let me make this abundantly clear, he's still in much better shape than than me. But that's not the standard that I think you want to be setting for high-level athletes. Um, he turned it on in the second half for a minute there. They got they made it kind of interesting, but ultimately Golden State's just so absurdly loaded. If it ends up being Golden State-Boston, which is what it looks like it's going to be at this point, uh, Miami would have to win two games in order to get in. I do think that's a very compelling series, and I do think that there will be a lot of people who kind of brainlessly just say it's going to be Golden State because they haven't fully been paying attention to Boston and exactly what they've been doing and how deep they are and how good Jason Tatum has been. Hmm. He's been nuts. I I still, not brainlessly, I think it's close. I would still give the edge to Golden State just because, my God, on any night it could be any one of them. They have six guys. Yeah. I mean, the way Kevin, Kevin Looney has played, my God. They have six guys, and it could be any one of them on any particular night. And I know it's never going to be Draymond on th- offensively, but there can be a Draymond night where he is is making the game go the way that he wants it to go. And then they have five guys. And Looney's not necessarily the guy that's going to do it offensively, although in moments we have seen where he's been doing it offensively. What he does stepping in for Draymond and playing that role and rebounding and keeping possessions alive, Looney has had a hell of a series. He had a hell of a game last night. They just have so much. I mean, it's just it's unfair how much they have. I have to ask you, Glenn, because yes. you saw Luka Doncic struggle, mm-hmm. and you, you, you think back to what he did against your Phoenix Suns. No, thank you. Thank you a for few, that. A few me. weeks sure. ago. Uh, when he mutilated the Phoenix Suns. Thank you, buddy. Uh, you keep going. What, what was the big difference boy, there? Between boy, the thanks for <laughs> stopping in and helping out, you a-hole. I had to talk about it. I, I mean, I, you know, Luka Doncic is really good. He's really, really, really good. Um, no doubt. I, I think ultimately one of the things that doesn't get spoken about enough from that series is how well the rest of the guys around him were playing. For example, mm. Dinwiddie was was nuts. It's the thing that gets <laughs> forgotten about how they established the huge lead in Game 7. Luka closed out Game 7, but after like Game 7 was already out of hand. The reason it got out of hand is because Dinwiddie was going crazy in the first half. I just think because Luka gets all the attention... What was missed is that what the what the Mavericks did that they didn't have during the course of the regular season was they had a supporting cast. And it's what yeah. people constantly say is, well, imagine Luka with a better supporting cast. Well, you saw it. 
You saw the games. And that happened in game four of this series. Unfortunately, they were just already down 3-0, so it kind of didn't matter. Where they can just go off and start hitting 25 threes during the course of a game. They just didn't play as consistently otherwise as they did the series before. Um, and look, they're, I don't, I don't, nobody, nobody, nobody else cares about the Suns' problems. <laughs> it'd be nice to have a couple more shooters like this is the nba now you, sure. you need to have it can't just be devin booker like there have to be other guys on the floor that can shoot consistently so that's their problem not anybody else's around here yeah i mean it's it, it, it there's this eternal thing when your team loses do you want to see the team that beat your team win so you feel like well, at least we lost to the best team. Or well, that was my question. You just right. and and I've there's never been a correct. Who gives a rat's? Once your team loses, I just don't care. I just don't care. Sure. What happens the rest of the way? Because every series is different. And every situation is different. And the Sun maybe the Suns oddly lost the Mavericks, but if they had played a series against the Warriors, would have beaten the Warriors, right? Like who knows? Who knows? I just don't get caught up in that type of stuff any longer. I, you can't get me to do it. And then the the, the hockey was thrilling last night. Um, the the, the it was a very weird bit where I did not know this. The Hurricanes, so far, they're now through. I guess through five games in the second round. So they played twelve games in the postseason. The home team has won all twelve of the games that they played in the postseason, which is a very weird bit. They're now up three two on the Rangers. And then the the thriller last night. In Canada, Calgary and Edmonton, goal after goal after goal, end up going to overtime again, and Edmonton finishes off Calgary 5-4, and Connor McDavid. I'm really hoping. I, I know it could still be St. Louis. I'm selfishly hoping for it to be Colorado-Edmonton because McKinnon versus McDavid is just delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that people that don't care about hockey are like, what are you even saying? These are the two of the guys that have clearly established themselves as being some of the best individual forces in the Arab past because we all know that the Sidney Crosby Alex Ovechkin era is ending in hockey this is the next era and these two are two of the guys that have been the most I know Austin Matthews is very high on that list as well but the most joyful players to watch play and what they're capable of doing if you can appreciate hockey it would be very cool to see those guys squaring off in the uh, Western Conference Finals but uh, Colorado's got more work to do in order to make that the case so, uh, that was sort of the rundown from last night and what was going on. Busy weekend. The Orioles are going to play five games in the next four days. By the way, tonight's game you can't watch on TV. you got to have Apple TV Plus in order to watch tonight's game, which is a bit annoying, and I don't know why they don't just make it so that's a national broadcast, and you can still... They did this with YouTube for a while. They did this with Facebook, where they, they black it out on local TV, which I think is incredibly stupid, but... Is that the same thing happening with Amazon Prime and Thursday Night Football this year? Is that uh, the well, Thursday Night Football has never been on local TV. Oh, like, true, you're right. But you're it's right. replacing Fox, and it's replacing okay. the only broadcast will be the Amazon Prime broadcast. Although, as I say that, yeah. I think when the local, if like the Ravens are involved in a Thursday Night Football game, they'll have it. I believe you'll be able to watch it on like okay. Channel 11 or Channel 2 or something like that. They'll make sure there's an over-the-air option in the local market because they always did that with cable games. Sure. Like they always did that if it was a ESPN game, you could also watch it on a, a local channel. I think that'll continue, but I don't know that. Don't quote me on it. Frankly, don't ever quote me. That would be a very dumb <laughs> thing. Why would you do that? I'm not important. Don't quote me. Um, but yeah, tonight, the only way that you can watch the Orioles game is on Apple TV+. Plus. So... 
I your your friend Glenn will probably not be watching the Orioles game because I am a dinosaur at this point. If it's not something that I do regularly, also where I live, oddly, we don't have internet. It's just a whole thing. I'd have to watch it on my phone. Um, it's been cool though with the the Apple TV Plus broadcast that I've seen because they give probabilities like real time probabilities of well, I, uh, game I, outcome and stuff. So it is they're it is they're trying cool. to gear it a little bit younger. Yes. I know um, Melanie Newman, of course, is very involved with the Apple broadcast. She mm. is the lead play by play person for the Apple broadcasts, and uh, I was told her typical crew is former center fielder Chris Young, not the pitcher Chris oh, yeah, Young, Chris the Young yeah. Yeah. outfielder Chris Young. And Hannah Kaiser from Yahoo Sports. Yes. Um, tonight, I, I was told that Cliff Floyd is filling in for Chris Young on that broadcast. Okay. And then they do, they do two games every Friday night. So I don't know what the other broadcast crew is because I don't. It doesn't impact us because the Orioles aren't getting the other broadcast crew. Um, and I, I, I certainly understand like baseball's attempt to skew younger and mm-hmm. I. The only mistake I think that exists is not allowing there to be a local broadcast. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like, you're, you're also barring people from entry in that scenario. Right. So I think that's a bit of a... You're trying to get younger, but you're also not letting people watch like, it. I, I mean, un- it, I understand that smart smart TVs are real, and I understand that like this is the direction that yeah. media is going. I, I'm not... I'm a dinosaur, but I'm not that much of a dinosaur. I would just say I think there's a mistake that's made in assuming that everyone's there. Right, right. And we're not. And as I said, for those of us, people can't understand this because if you don't live in a a more rural area, you can't possibly understand it. There really are still large swaths of area Mm. where there is no ability to get internet. It does not run to us. Where I live, I don't have a choice. Now, you could say, well, you can go the satellite route. It's a lot of money for something that barely works. (laughs) <laughs> so we use hotspot and we get by and you know maybe elon musk's internet thing will work at some point and we'll have an option but we can't get we're xfinity where i live we can't get um uh, whatever the hell the other verizon the fios it doesn't come out to where i live and i don't live that far away i i live in what's suburban rural right like it's rural but it's suburban royal rural right it's not that far away from it's 15 minutes from hunt valley it's 20 minutes from towson but we don't have any damn internet so imagine living further away that's real that's a real thing and as these media companies make their decisions i get it and if i cared so deeply if I didn't have anything else going on, I would pull up my iPad tonight and I would watch the game on my iPad. I would figure out how it works. I don't know if you have to have a subscription. I don't know how if you can get a free trial. I don't know how any of that works. You probably can get a free trial, yeah. I, I would like to hope that's the case because if you, what I would say is if you have to sign up for an Apple TV subscription, I would not do that. There, Agreed, yeah. I, I sign up for an Apple TV subscription once a year when a new season of Ted Lasso comes out. <laughs> Right, and, right. And once that's over, I cancel my subscription again until the next season of Ted Lasso comes. You and out. everyone else, correct? And until they give me, I'm sure there are other wonderful programming options. And I think I've watched like there was a Tom Hanks movie at one point that was on Apple TV, and I watched that. Um, you know, I, I until they give me more, I'm I, I've got too many subscriptions. I got the Disney, I got the the Hulu, I got the Netflix. I got too much, too much to add another one right now. Sorry, I'm tapped out on all that. So I. I'm okay with them doing the Apple TV thing. That's fine. I just don't like it being the only option for watching the game. And I get that's what Apple wanted. That's why Apple gave them so much money because they feel like they can get people to sign up for subscriptions in order to watch these games. I don't know 
who that per- you love baseball. You you deeply care about baseball. Yes. But is the one or the two games every week that air on Apple TV is and you're again a, you're a ten as far as baseball yes. is concerned. Yes. Are you signing up for an Apple TV subscription no. in order to watch two more games a week? <laughs> no. There's no chance. And if Zach won't do it, I well, mean, uh, maybe that, that's. Let me let me be fair. Maybe there's a, an older version of Zach that has more disposable income and you sure know, can just piss it away. I just don't know who this person is that's signing up for a subscription service because there's two random na- national right. baseball games every week. You're, you're paying five dollars. I think it's, that's what it is. Is five, it five dollars a month for Apple TV? I believe. I mean, that's that's that, not a lot actually, of money. Yeah, in but comparison to other things, it's it's, it's not a lot of money, horrible. but it's still five dollars that I'm paying to watch. Like like you said. Two, three baseball games a month. Right. So, and, and, and is that how really many, worth? How it? many times will the Orioles be involved? Once every two months, maybe? right? Right. Like yeah. maybe. I mean, I can go to an Orioles game for four dollars. I mean, they've been selling the nineteen ninety two promotion tickets well, for know, four. I don't know if that's going to continue. That, well, they, yeah. but they have been. And I know. My, I know they have been. My point is that so I'm paying five dollars for an Apple TV subscription to watch two games, where I could just go to a game for barely more money. You know, they made the student tickets twelve dollars. I don't know when that. It's happened. like ten, I think. Yeah. I saw I, they they advertised it this week as twelve. Oh, okay. I was like, maybe, once maybe. upon a time, I think it was a five dollar. Yeah, that like got when, higher for when sure. I when I was taking advantage. Of the old, <laughs> right. And I uh, I kept my student ID for a few years. There, yeah. Just not? for the singular purpose of being able to get the cheap tickets on Friday nights. Um. And by the way, twelve dollars is still affordable. It's just sure. It's I I think that number has gone up. Was my only point. Um, but yeah, that's the only way you can watch the game tonight. And John, that's a fair question. John from Little Rock asks, what young person is watching MLB on Friday nights? I don't think they're reaching the desired demographic on Friday nights. Your question is, is your point is well taken. That, that audience that you're trying to get on a Friday night is out doing something else. And maybe there's a different way of saying it than just broadly saying young. Maybe it's a specific type of baseball fan. Maybe it's a new Baseball fan, someone who's more data-driven, someone who's more... I, I don't know if there's a right way to describe what they're looking for, but yes, broadly, John, I get what you're saying, which is getting the average young person to suddenly care about baseball is probably not going to come from putting a game on Apple on a Friday night. Oh, he's absolutely right. correct. Right. That's not that's not likely to be the case. All right. Uh, joining us now, he is our Press Box Ravens beat writer. Ravens OTAs got underway this week, so let's check in with our buddy Bo Smolka, who's with us here on GCR. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good. Thank you. Let's start, you know, as broadly as possible. Does it matter whatsoever that Lamar Jackson isn't at voluntary OTAs this week? <laughs> it depends who you ask. Uh, I think it's I, – I don't think it's – I think it's not nothing that he's not there. Um, and and, and it, look, it's the second practice of May. So certainly, as I wrote in press box, um, they are not going to win the playoffs or win the Super Bowl based on whether he threw to some guys in one-on-one drills in May. Um, but I watch these OTAs, and I watch the one-on-one drills with the rookie tight ends and with Bateman and with Prochet and Duvernay and all these young receivers. And those are those are passes he's not getting with those guys. And I know I know Jackson worked out in this in this in the winter with Bateman. He showed a lot of videos of himself working with Bateman and working with Prochet. Um, but it just feels something feels off about it to me. Um, and and I know the team can't the team can't say anything. They're voluntary. They can't they can't require him to be there. Um, I will say the quarterback, by and large, of teams is there for OTAs. 
historically that's been the case. Joe Flacco was always there. Lamar Jackson was always there, except the Flacco missed the one year when his knee had been surgically repaired. Um, so I just, I just feel like uh, it didn't feel right that he wasn't there. Um, and it didn't feel right that he tweeted something out, something like, oh, I can't wait to get back to my guys. I mean, the, all those guys are here. So uh, unless there's something we don't know about holding him back from being back with the guys, it seems like an odd reaction. So um, the guy, you know, John Harbaugh is going to focus on the guys on the field. Um, but I think any reps he can get with these guys coming off the season that he had would be helpful. The the subtext, bow, of course, is those that believe that this is related to him not having a contract. What I struggle with is that, like, again, everything we know suggests that the reason he doesn't have a contract is because of him. So I, I, I don't really understand making the jump to that. I guess if he were to not show up for mandatory OTAs, then we got to have a conversation at that point. But I, I just I, – I, it's hard for me to jump to the idea that Lamar Jackson isn't there for voluntary OTAs because of his contract when, again – Everything we're to understand suggests that this is Lamar Jackson's decision that he doesn't have a contract. Uh, that's what we've been told. You know, Jackson is, is a hard guy to get a hold of, and Eric DaCosta said he said repeatedly, we will, act, act, we will operate at Jackson's urgency, which were to dictate that um, the negotiation is in Jackson's hands in terms of getting things done. So you're right. Um, it, it, that doesn't seem to be the issue, but. Um, you know, we're, we're left to conjecture. And, and as I said, Harbaugh wants to worry about the 70 or so guys that were on the field, but it's, it, you know, it was, it's certainly, um, note, noteworthy when the starting quarterback is not there and it's not, doesn't appear to be health related. That's just a fact of the NFL. Look, you're paying the guy the most money. He's got the most cap money. Uh, now, you know, relatively speaking, in general, I'm, I understand we've got different contracts on this team, and he's in the fifth-year option and so forth, but the quarterback, by and large, is the highest-paid guy. Um, and so there's a reason for that, and so the expectation, I think, would be he'd be here working out. But it is his prerogative to not be here. They are voluntary. That's been collectively bargained. They can't make him be here. Um, I would suspect that there is some frustration in the building for him not being here. John Harbaugh is an old-school coach who I think often equates practice time with progress. And when the practice time isn't happening, I think he questions whether the progress is being made. So he certainly would like to have him here, but he has to tread lightly because he can't require him to be here. He is Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Bo, the Ravens add Kyle Fuller into the mix this week in the secondary. What, what do you think – how does this all flush out as far as – who you think we see on the field when, if everyone is healthy by the time we get to the start of the season? Well, I mean, I think if everyone is healthy, I think we will see, um, we'll probably see Humphrey, Peters, and and Fuller, I think. Uh, I think those are all three veteran guys. Where we'll see them, will Fuller play more in the slot? Now, Fuller struggled late last year in Denver. There, You know, he... he um, He's a good veteran signing, but I still they still have to see how he fits. They would love to have Peters and Humphrey available. A Humphrey we've seen can play in the slot. Um, would Fuller go in the slot? Would Humphrey go in the slot? One thing I noticed that was interesting at OTAs was we saw Brandon Stevens playing a lot of cornerback. Um, remember, he came here. He played cornerback in college 
at SMU. He actually started as a running back in college, then moved to cornerback. The Ravens drafted him and said, you know, he'll be a safety here. Well, now you've suddenly got Chuck Clark and Kyle Hamilton and the Marcus right. and a couple other guys. So Stevens played almost exclusively at cornerback in the OTA that we saw. And I asked John Harbaugh about that, and he said, yeah, he's a flexible guy. Right now we look at him more of a, as a corner than as a safety. Um, he, he's a guy that I think might also factor uh, as a cornerback. But I think if they have – if everyone's healthy and looks good – I think you'd have those three veterans on the field in nickel situations. It would be Humphrey, Peterson, Fuller. And I think if you're in a base with two defensive, two cornerbacks, you've got, you've got Peters and Humphrey. If that's if everybody's healthy, we don't know if they will be yet, but, I mean, those are your guys. I, I know because I read what you wrote at PressBoxOnline.com that you liked what you saw from Kyle Hamilton and uh, the first look that you got at OTAs. Do, do you have a sense for – the way that the Ravens it, it might use either him or even Chuck Clark in, in the star position and and having them play some inside linebacker perhaps or you know this sort of hybrid role that, that we've seen so much more around the league in recent years. So Marcus Williams was not there, and so it was hard. We never really got a sense of seeing him, Clark, and uh, Hamilton all together and how that might look. I, I think we'll, we'll see he, he or Clark down there in that kind of dime hybrid, as you call them, role. The thing that struck me and the thing that struck me, impressed me about Hamilton, they do this one-on-one drill. There were two things that really impressed me. They do this one-on-one drill, and I know fans have gone to the open practices have seen it, where they line up a receiver against a defensive back or a running back or tight end against a defensive back, and it's just a quick out pattern or a pass play. One-on-one, the coaches love the competitive aspect of it. The players love the competitive aspect of it. And Hamilton was assigned in one of his one-on-one drills. He matched up with their rookie tight end, Charlie Kolar, who made a decent move. Pass was coming, and Hamilton broke so fast on that ball. And, you know, he's six foot four. He got to the ball just – he got to Kolar just as the ball got there, got a hand and broke it up. Really, really good defensive play. Um, and then I believe it was Hamilton's next rep. It was a similar kind of situation against their other rookie draft pick tight end, Isaiah Likely, and he made another great close on the ball to break up the play. So those were really impressive. And then the even maybe more impressive thing I saw from Hamilton was just how comfortable he looked in the back of this defense. Again, Marcus Williams wasn't there. So in the 11-on-11 situations, Hamilton's basically in a free safety position. He's got his 10 defenders in front of him, and he's calling things out, and he's moving a guy here. He's pointing out this. He's pointing out that. And Honestly, it looked like he had been playing for five years, hmm. and this was his second NFL practice. He just looked composed. So those real those things really stood out for me in terms of watching him. Bo, um, the Ravens, we mentioned Fuller, since the draft, they've signed a lot of veterans. They've signed a cornerback. They've signed a defensive lineman in Brent Durbin. They've signed a running back in Mike Davis. They've signed even a quarterback this week. The one thing they haven't signed is a wide receiver. Um what, what oh, they're going to say an edge rusher. Well, yeah, I mean, there's we can but the two that would be the, the the second thing that maybe we would have expected them to have done, right? Like, um, w- let me stay at wide receiver for a second. I, I am on the record. I I like the talent. I think that these are players that you know have the ability, but I can't help it. I am terrified of pinning your Super Bowl hopes to a, a group of players with a combined 1,227 career receiving yards. I, I can't 
I Frank, I can't believe you'd do that. And I know that there's not a lot out there that you like, and there's a reason the players are out there. But what do you make of what it is that they're doing at this point as they continue to just sort of say, we've got these four guys, that's who we've got? Uh, well, let me ask you this. If they were to sign, you know, let's just say the next Seth Roberts, are you right. going to feel any better? Oh, no, not drastically better at all. And that's and that's what I say. Bo, I acknowledge what's out there, it, it's tough, but I still I still feel like you have to try. <laughs> I think they'll continue to kick the tires on people. They'll monitor they'll monitor other teams. There's going to be some guys that are that are let go at some point. Um, so they're, I'm sure they're, they're looking, but they're going to give a look to these guys right now. I think it's a very fair question, you, especially when you, when you look at the high-powered offenses that are operating, especially in the AFC right now. Um, do you have the firepower to stay with them with this receiving core? It's a valid question. Um, but again, the guys that are available right now are available right now for a reason. And they're not a huge impact guy waiting, just knocking on doors looking for a job. Um, they, they, you know, they've brought in five or six of these undrafted guys, and it will be interesting. This happens every year, right? I think we've talked about it. There is going to be an undrafted receiver or two who absolutely flashes for the first two weeks of July, and he is going to create a frenzy in this town. And then those people tend tend to kind of fade over the course of August. No question. Um, but they're looking for the next Marlon Brown, right? A guy who came in with, as an undrafted rookie and had seven touchdown catches as a rookie. Now, his career kind of flamed out fairly quickly, but that's what they're looking for, and that's what they're hoping for. Um, but as to your point, right now, there's, I don't think there's a whole lot out there to find. Um, and, and as I said, I think you're looking at a Seth Roberts caliber signing, and and. I'm not sure that tips you over the edge either. Well, yeah, or if it's not Robert, it's you know, or it's it's someone whose name value is significant, but the injury risk is you know even more significant, right? Like it's a it's a Will Fuller who we all know is is extraordinarily skilled. We just also know has literally never played an entire NFL season. Um, so it, you know, it's tough. I'm not I'm not trying to say I think there's a good answer. I just don't you know I, I don't I don't love the current answer. And to your point, yes, with Tyus Bowser still sidelined and David Ajabo not going to be there at least at the start of the season, I, the the edge rush thing has to still be um, a question. I know Tyus told me recently that he believes he'll be back by the start of the season, but you know that's that's nice to hear. It doesn't actually mean anything until it happens. And if for some reason he's not. They have any. It's not as if they were they were gangbusters, you know, last year with Tyus in the edge rush department. Without him, yikes! Like my God, what are they doing? I mean, you're right. I will say the one thing that was encouraging from Tyus Bowser's point of view, and again, um, these are different players, different injuries. But Justice Hill tore his Achilles before the season last year, and I was surprised. He was on the field for OTAs the other day, and he was running well. Um, and I watched him thinking, well, you know, if I know ACL is a different injury than an Achilles injury, but if the Achilles, if Hill could come back from Achilles to the point where he's on OTAs and moving well in May, that might bode well for Bowser. And, and, you know, he knows his body and he knows his rehab as well as anybody. I didn't talk to him, but if he says, he, I know the Ravens have, have been pointing toward him being available as well. But again, even if he's back and even if you have him and Owe on, on either side, they're not going to play 100% of the snaps, and they're certain, who else is going to be out there? Jalen Ferguson, 
we keep waiting for him, and he did not practice the day that we were out there. Um, <clears throat> it's unclear why. Apparently he had been out there the day previously, so I'm not sure what's up with that. But you keep waiting for him to make some contribution and to make some impact. Dalen Hayes was a guy who got a lot of work in the in the mm-hmm. OTA that we were out at. You know, second year guy out of Notre Dame who's only played one, I think, three defensive snaps in one game last year, and then he was shut down and he was on IR the rest of the year. Um, we've talked about whether they'll sign Justin Houston again or will they go out and find another edge rusher. Um, I do think they'll need to do something there, but I I said to you a long time ago that edge rush to me was the biggest question mark going into the draft. It's the biggest question mark coming out of the draft, and it, to me, it's the biggest question mark in OTAs. I I, I hear you. I, I I think it's a it's a well. I I, I think to me it's one A and one B with that and wide receiver, but I get it. Uh, they are they're both concerning to me. There's no doubt. All right, Bo, anything else that jumped out at you as, as you were out there? Anything else that should be on our radar as, as we move forward in OTAs? Well, I mean, we'll wait. They get, you know, we'll see if Jackson go back next week. I think, you know, a lot of people want to focus on the offensive line. It's very hard to see how that's going to look. And Ronnie Stanley wasn't out there. Morgan Moses wasn't out there. So we don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, what the offensive line will ultimately look like. I think that left guard job will be up for grabs. I will say what, what struck me was, I think there's going to be a really interesting battle for these final running back spots. And a lot of teams like, oh, running back, third running back, you've got, if Dobbins and Edwards are healthy, and, and let's operate on the assumption that they're both healthy, Justice Hill looked good the other day. And I know he's a good special teams player. He moved well for the one little OTA that we saw. You mentioned they signed Mike Davis, a veteran guy who comes in and can contribute. Tyler Beatty's sixth-round draft pick made a really nice, one-handed catch in the flat on a play. And if he can contribute out of the backfield as a pass catcher, he's the factor. You've got Nate McCreary. You've got basically six guys. And if Dobbins and Edwards are healthy, it's going to be a pretty ferocious competition for the last one or two running back spots. Um, But I I, I was impressed with Hill for the one little spot that we saw of him because I was honestly surprised to see him out there. So there, if, 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 again, if Dobbins and Edwards are healthy, that running back room is, I think, back to where they want it to be because they, they look good. And we know they're going to run the ball. I mean, it's just that's the nature of the beast. It's what they're going to do. All right, at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Bo Smolka, appreciate you, my friend. I'm sure we will catch up as we get closer to the uh, the mandatory OTA week. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. All right, Glenn, take care. All right, he is Bo Smolka, PressBoxOnline.com. Um, see if we can uh, maybe push it back to 11.45, see if that'll work. Sorry, we're doing two things at once. Trying to catch up with uh, Jake Mintz from uh, Fox Sports. He, if you don't know Jake, um, Cespedes Family Barbecue, he's a big Orioles fan, and he's now writing for Fox Sports, and um, wrote a really kind of interesting piece this week about Adley Rutschman as he was up in New York and made his debut, so... We're gonna try to see if we can't catch up with Jake this morning, but um, God, what what? There is there is no greater hell than the Apple Store appointment, <laughs> the Genius Bar, yeah. Because they, yeah, they they tell you a time. God knows what the actual. Time. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. It's always fun. It could be. I don't know if it's better to do it. Maybe see if it's better for him to do it now. Maybe just ask him if he's better I, to do I it. I already sent 11.45. Okay, maybe if or if you want to just follow up and say, or if it's better okay. for you to do it beforehand, we can Sounds do it. Sounds good. Because Raul Marquez, I'm sure, would work with us and, and move things around. I have no doubt. Um, 
but I, I know the hell. I understand the hell of the Genius Bar appointment that uh, Jake Mintz is dealing with this morning. <laughs> it, is, it is a special kind of A lot hell. of fun. <sighs> uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Grayson Rodriguez thing that we've been talking about all week, but you know, here we are. The Orioles did hold back a couple of pitchers from pitching for Norfolk in their doubleheader yesterday. Um, Cody Sedlock maybe is part of the solution for tomorrow, which is it's weird, but you know, could could be. Could be. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, we are going to talk to Raul Marquez uh, from uh, from Showtime. And J- Jake just said he's ready to go now. When we come so back from break, we'll talk. We'll come to back Jake. from break. Sounds all right, good. take a break. Talk to Jake Mintz about Adley Rutschman. That's what we're going to do, and we'll make everything else. We'll make all the pieces fit somehow. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas 
area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. It's the uh, final few days for you to take advantage of Glory Days Grill's spring seasonal menu. If you have not tried the opener, the flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, or the strawberry salmon salad, or the baseball-cut sirloin, or the Cracker Jack Sunday, you need to get there now or forever hold your peace. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in. Pick it up. Make your uh, weekend. I know it's, unfortunately, the weather doesn't seem like it's going to be great for a holiday weekend, but enjoy some Glory Days Grill this weekend. All right. Um, we'll move some things around this morning. Jake Mintz, he's an Orioles fan. You know him from Cespedes Family Barbecue, and he's writing at Fox Sports, and he wrote a really interesting piece this week about Adley Rutschman and the kind of hope that he's bringing to Orioles fans right now. He's Jake Mintz. He's with us here on GCR. Jake, what's going on, man? It's Glenn and Zach. How are you? A pleasure and a privilege to join you folks this morning. Really wonderful. Excited to talk about Adley Rushman. Man, you know, I, the, I, the hope is the word I keep using, right? Because I don't want to oversell anything. The Orioles didn't suddenly become a threat to, like, win the AL East because Adley Rushman arrived. And, you know, the, there are other things that have to go right for this rebuild to really pan out and for them to become a contender in the toughest division in baseball in the coming years. But it, it really does feel like there's, there is some reason for optimism. There is reason to believe. I always like using the term, there's a there there. The moment that Adley Rutschman arrived, it just felt like there was more of something happening with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, it kickstarts everything into overdrive, right? Everything that was coming from the organization, from Michael Elias and co., you know, you want to take all of it at face that the organization is moving in the right direction. But until you see evidence of that at the big league level, it's really hard, you know, as a fan to, to latch on to that. And what Adley is, is he's the start of it, right? He is the reason for fans to turn on the TV, to go to the ball yard, and to kind of reinvest themselves in the Orioles as a team, as a, as a thing even. Uh, and it's I, I, there's the danger that comes along with it, Jake. Right? That yeah, we're we're putting too much in there. I, and I, you will understand more than anything. I keep talking about Matt Weeders, and we have these conversations because Matt Weeders, by any measure, had an outstanding Major League Baseball career. Um, is in the highest of percentiles when it comes to players that accomplish things. That that I mean, he's in the top one percent. Not maybe not one, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yet, did. and he yet, you and, and you know, you bring up Matt Weeder's name in in Orioles fan circles, and you hear the word "bust" because we thought he was going to. We, we use the term "Jesus and cleats" to describe the guy before he'd ever played a game, and Mauer with power, and all of those things. And I worry that we feel like Adley Rutschman has to be an amalgamation of Mike Piazza's bat and Pudge Rodriguez as a catcher. And if he's not, then somehow it's a disappointment. And maybe he can be, you know, like maybe he really is that good. But I do worry about the way that we approach it because there's so much hype and so much excitement that I almost wonder if if it's impossible for him to meet that. It is impossible. And, and this is the thing that I really want to hammer home and what I've been trying to explain to people is that as a catcher, the expectations need to be different, Right. There are no catchers right now in baseball in the modern game who hit 
at the top of the charts. There is a penalty for being a catcher, right? There's all this chatter about like JT Realmuto, right? Over the last five years is probably no doubt the best catcher in baseball. The issue is that he's a good hitter. Mm -hmm. He's not an outstanding hitter. He's a good hitter and an outstanding hitter for a catcher. And so what that means is we have the peak of what Adley can be or should be or will be on the offensive side is not going to be up there with Aaron Judge and with Mike Trout, right? It's going to be a level below that even if he hits his peak. The last catcher to really hit at the top was Joe Maurer, even Buster Posey at his peak was still, you know, he was hitting like 325 with like 18 home runs, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's a great outcome for Adley, but what we're not going to get is Vlad Guerrero with catcher's gear. And I think that's something that's really important to understand and that the value that Adley will bring as a player is going to also come on the defensive side of the ball and handling the pitching staff. And just because that doesn't show up in the stat line every day, doesn't show up in the box score, doesn't mean it's not having an impact. Jake, I know you wrote about why it is that we feel like Adley just seems to be different than your average prospect. And, you know, I, we've, as you imagine, we've spent so much time talking, not just to him, but my God, we, we put his, I put his mother on my radio show the other day, you know, like right. I, I put his, his, we've had his college coach, Pat Casey on. I know you were talking to his high school coach. Like we, we're so Adley Rutschman obsessed but I, I, I get it. What we've come to is the consensus that he's just a bit different than your average prospect. There's something innate to him um, as a leader, as a guy who has just a passion for this game and, and competitiveness that makes us believe that it's not foolproof that he's going to pan out successfully, but it's closer to a sure thing than maybe the average player might be. I think what it does is it raises the floor more than it raises the ceiling, which is maybe not a sexy answer, but there's very little chance that he bombs out, right? Like the worst case scenario is that he's a great defensive catcher and the power just doesn't actualize, right? right? But the floor is very high because of the person that he is, because of how he handles the pitching staff, because of what he brings to a team outside of the line. And my experience kind of being around him this week at Yankee Stadium was that he is really legitimately pulled in all these different directions in a way that you don't necessarily think about because he's a catcher. So I'll talk a bit about his like pregame schedule, which I wrote about in the piece. Oh, I just found, I did not know about how meticulous, I I just found this out this week, Jake. This is, he is, he's a pro's pro. Of course. Now, some of that is, there was some part of it is standard, right? So most teams will have a pitcher meeting and a hitter meeting pregame at some point. And the catchers are pulled in both directions where they are in both rooms, right? Because they're a part of the pitching game plan and they have to hit every day. And what that means is it's just an extra 30 minutes of time pregame that he doesn't have to himself. And then when you add on top of that, all the media requests that he was getting this week, and you add on top of that the fact that he was in New York where there was so much national media coverage, you, I wouldn't say that he looked overwhelmed. I wouldn't say that. But you could tell that like, he, he, he wouldn't have mind, minded like a second to breathe hmm. Um, hmm. amidst all the chaos of it. And it was just interesting because we've never really seen such a heralded prospect come up as a catcher since Posey and Maurer. Right. 
Um, and the media hoopla wasn't the same even 10 years ago when Posey came up. He is um, he is Jake Mintz. You can read his piece. We just linked it up on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. that He wrote about Adley Rutschman for Fox Sports and the time he spent with him in New York this week. Jake, let me, you know, as, as someone who I know is, is invested in the Orioles, um, is Adley enough, right? And I know the pitching is coming with Grayson Rodriguez and, and hopefully D.L. Hall. But I, I guess one of the reasons why I talk about the expectations we have for Adley Rutschman is I do worry that if he's not a transcendent superstar, there might not be enough here because of the brutal nature of what you're up against within your own division. Like, as unfair as the expectations are, I don't know if, if he's just a really good catcher and not a transcendent offensive player. I, I don't know if there's enough there. I mean, I like Kyle Stowers and... You know, I hope that Cedric Mullins can continue to be something closer to what we saw a year ago. But I, I admit, I'm, I'm sort of conflicted about this because I, as much as we've heard about the organization, I, I still don't know. I mean, this is a, this is a machine that you're up against in the AL East. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's fair to put it on Adley. I think that's something that he was willing to carry. And I think it's something that he will carry to an extent. But one player alone cannot alter a franchise. This is not basketball. He is not a quarterback, right? And he could be everything he's supposed to be. A perennial all-star, a MVP candidate annually. Mm -hmm. And the Orioles could still not figure it out. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, he could fall short. And they could still figure it out. I think it is just important to emphasize that the project does not hinge on him. He's a vital part of it. I mean, a lot of ways he's the face of it, but it is not just him. I think the pitching, like you said, is a huge part of it. And I have faith in the organization's ability, at least so far, to develop uh, hitters who make a lot of contact. And with the way that the game is going right now with MLB implementing rule changes and the potentially, you know, the new ball um, that seems like it is going to be the future of the game in, in five years where there will not be as much emphasis on power and there will be more on contact. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the players in the Orioles organization are, I don't know if this is purposeful or not, but are tailored to succeed in that new environment. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, I'm thinking of like yeah. Colton Kowser sure. and, and Westberg and, and hitters like that. Um, and then it, it, it's important to remember, like, they do have the number one pick this year, right? Yep. Again. Yep. Uh, now, again, and what they end up doing with that, do they do they take Drew Jones because he's the best player? Do they take another college back because it's what they do? And does the timeline matter and all this? I don't know. The, the other side that's really interesting to me, Jake, and I feel like as, as exciting as it was for Adley to be here, and yes, it's a bummer that there wasn't more heads up and there was only 17,000 people, but Adley Rutschman's here, right? Like, that's exciting. I feel like the thing that would be even more exciting to me and to this fan base would be like in a week when they come back home or five days, whatever it is, if they announce they've bought out arbitration years for Adley Rutschman and that they're getting aggressive and they're doing the Cabrian Hayes thing. And that's the thing we still haven't seen from the Baltimore Orioles. And, mm -hmm. and Jake, I feel like that would be the one that would really make a declaration to the entire fan base of – we mean it like 
Yeah. We're, we, we're, we mean business now. We're, we're doing something. And we're not there yet, but we're telling you we're going to get there. We're committed to getting there and not just, you know, we, we can't help but think about Manny Machado. And the Orioles, of course, were very successful for years while Manny Machado was here. But you can't help but think about, hey, it's neat to have Adley Rutschman, but is he just here for a few years and then gone? I, I think you could make this place electric if you announce that you bought out some arbitration years and that you've gotten aggressive when it comes to Adley Rutschman. I totally agree. I, I get, what I'm going to go back to again is that he is a catcher right. and things are different. Right. And what that means is, knock on wood, there is a higher injury risk there, which I would assume that an organization as risk-averse as the Orioles would be reluctant to extend him for a significant period of time. Now, again, that type of choice would electrify the fan base in a way. Mm. And, you know, I'm looking here, like Buster Posey, I know I keep bringing up his name, but if we're talking about high-end catching prospects, yeah. it's Posey and it's Maurer. Um, Posey signed an eight-year contract extension after his first two seasons. So after 11 and 12, he signed it before 13, right? And so I would imagine the Orioles would be willing to do something like that where they want to just make sure that the skill set plays at the big league level before they open the piggy bank. What I'm most uh, excited about is the idea of Grayson Rodriguez being called up soon, because seeing the tandem, seeing the battery at Camden Yards together, that's right. Then you can start to fill in the gaps and you can start to dream and you can start to piece the infield together. But I do agree that their hesitancy uh, to spend money has does kind of cast a slight cloud over right. the situation. Right. There's a okay. We're we're excited, but give us something that makes us really excited. Like give us right. the thing that that tells us how it's going to be different and yes. You know, so not a no, good example. Yeah. A good comparison for that is actually the Jason Worth contract that okay. the Nationals signed. Yeah. Where they signed Jason Worth about a year or two before they were ready to contend. Mm-hmm. They signed it for seven years. Worth was fine, not terrible, not great over the course of that deal. But that deal was a symbol to the franchise, was a symbol to agents, was a symbol to players that that team intended to compete. And we had, right? ta- we had talked about that with Carlos Correa this offseason, right? Like that that, right. that could have been the type of thing. And, and obviously, the, if he wanted out, that was never happening. So it, it was silly. But yeah, I know it, it, somebody would say it was the same thing with Machado and the Padres, right? Like they weren't really quite there yet. They were right. a, a year or so away but they got aggressive ahead of time because the player was available and they knew they were on their way. A hundred percent. And it is interesting. I mean, we can dream and think about what type, who is that player, right? Is it Correa? Because he'll probably opt mm-hmm. out after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking of, is it Aaron Judge? No, it's not Aaron Judge. Sorry. Right. Um, right. You know, is it, is it a Juan Soto trade in an extent? You, you know, these are the things that you can dream upon, but you lose yourself going in circles at that point. And I... As someone who has, you know, I fluctuate between someone covering baseball and someone rooting for the Baltimore Of course, Orioles. yes. Um, for me, what I've enjoyed the most about this season is the steps forward that the pitching staff has taken, to be honest with you, especially the bullpen, where it's tangible and it's real. And if you look at teams that have climbed that have rebuilt, you can have top prospects come up and you can sign random players for a lot of money, but it's about developing the guys behind the scenes who are overlooked that fill in those gaps. Right, the Cubs don't win the 2015 World Series without turning Jake Arrieta into Jake Arrieta. Right, of course, of course, 100. percent And I don't know that Bruce Zimmerman is Jake Arrieta, but you know, no. it, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Right. It's encouraging. Right. And like, if Bruce Zimmerman is, you know, slightly worse left-handed Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. Like, great. 
right? If Tyler Wells is Chris Young or like Matt Latos, great. Yep. You know, so it's it's a the, the thing about the rebuild so far is that those guys haven't popped up besides Cedric Mullins, right? There hasn't been a player that went really from nothing to a consistent. You know, yeah, we, we, boy, we thought it might have been Jorge Mateo at the start of the season, but that is, God, it has been a, a douse of very cold water in recent yes, weeks. Yes, yes. Jesus. Uh, Jake, man, great. I know, I know you got to deal with the hell that is a trip to the Apple store here in a second. I do. Um, yes. uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue, of course. Cespedes Barbecue on uh, on Twitter. At Jake underscore Mints on Twitter and FoxSports.com. Is there anything else I can plug for you, man? Um, Absolutely not. Just Enjoy the sport of baseball, everybody. Hey, Jake, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, dude. Let's do this again, all right? It's 100%, anytime you'd like. Jake Mintz, Fox Sports, and Cespedes Family Barbecue. Uh, the guy that we know is an Orioles fan, and he's made that uh, very clear over the years as he's uh, getting a, gotten a bigger profile. Appreciate him taking the time for us. So he brought up Grayson Rodriguez, and um, Zach brought to my attention that as we were chatting um, – Anybody that was really still holding out hope of Grayson Rodriguez debuting this weekend, that has been doused in cold water. Andy Koska, uh, Orioles beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, tweets out a story. When Friday evening rolls around, Grayson Rodriguez will take the mound. He'll be doing so in Norfolk instead of in Boston. His pitch limit will rise to 95 for the first time, though, a source told the Baltimore Sun, an important step in his buildup. And, and Zach, I never believed that we were going to see... Grayson Rodriguez this weekend but it was one of those in fact before the show I, you, I, was, I was sending Zach on I'm like dude figure out if he's still listed as the starter for Norfolk tonight <laughs> um, so that we so we don't waste a lot of time on a topic that's that's irrelevant right like that it's not ha- I never believed they were going to do it for two reasons one because as I said all along you're not at that place in this yet where you prioritize a one day baseball need over whatever the bigger plan is mm-hmm. and the benefit to your fan base of doing this at home. Right. And as much as, yes, I believe they they misfired on the Adley Rutschman thing, at least it was a home game. Like, at least there were a few, you know, Zacks of the world that were able to get out that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Yeah, it would have been nice with a bit more heads up and not on Preakness Day. I, right. I wish they would have nailed it. They... They get a, they they got a half a point, but it's still better. A half a point is still better than no points, right? Well, like, look, you, you hope they live and they learn, and they say, okay, we didn't do maybe the greatest job with Adley Rutschman. Let's let's better it with Grayson again, Rodriguez. I, they the did Ahol. some good things. The ticket, I love. I, I keep saying, I yeah. love the ticket thing. I think that was wonderful. It's I. And if you I'm have not, watched Masson in the past week, they have berated yeah, you with Rutschman, and, you know, and videos, great and, video content. Right. Um, they they have. I when I say a half a point. They do get a half a point. They did yeah. do some good things surrounding Adley Rutschman. They just were met with the missteps of Preakness Day yes. and literally no advanced warning whatsoever to let people. Well, right. I mean, Preakness Saturday is, is one of the more important days in Baltimore. Whether well, you care about horse racing or it, not, which well, I don't. Very few people do care about horse racing. Right. But it's the most important. As I keep saying, there's nothing else. There is not another event. Right. In this right. state, that delivers a hundred thousand people to a single event. Right, exactly. It does not exist. And you don't have celebrities going because they care about the horse. No, race. and nobody cares who wins. No. it's just about the event itself. And and, and that's it's, and it's bigger than that because there's right. there's shoulder events that go with it. There's you know people throw Preakness parties all yeah. throughout the yeah. area. There are yep. It, it, it's 
it's larger than life, it's not the Kentucky Derby. It's a different thing, and it's the one thing. It's the only day all year. And you can say Ravens home games are big deals. You can say opening day is a big deal. They are. Yeah. They, I'm not saying they're not big deals, but they ain't this. Not 100,000 people. And it's not right. just within sports. Artscape at its height, which is an amazing event. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite mm-hmm. event all year in Baltimore. And I'm infuriated that we're going to go another year without Artscape, and I don't really want to talk about it. They're going to do some <laughs> goofy thing in September that's like half Artscape. Or, I, I don't It's I, I get my blood boils when I think about it because I love Artscape deeply. Yeah. But even that isn't this. This is a different animal, and it's not about one sport versus another. It's not right. about, well, I just don't like wh- – shut up. You're showing your ass. <laughs> you don't understand. If 100,000 people were going to a, 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 a book reading event, you would maybe want to take that into consideration. Right, right. Well, why not Friday instead of Saturday? I mean, that was the first thing that came to my mind. We can, we, we, I know we've already I, I, talked I, I, about this. I, I, but. I, don't really, I don't really want to do it any longer. But th- my point I being, don't blame you. My point being, it's not just about doing it for your fans. It's also about if, if you have a plan for Grayson Rodriguez, mm-hmm. and this is what you're doing with Grayson Rodriguez, then diverting from that plan only makes sense in the name of winning. Yeah. It doesn't make sense in the name of... Well, we had a pitcher that got hurt. We got a doubleheader we got to deal with. We need somebody to get us through a day. That doesn't make sense. I agree. That's more of a Cody Sedlock situation. Correct. That's if Again, I, I keep saying this, all, and I'll say it all week. If you were in the throes of a playoff race, and you had something like this happen in August, mm-hmm. and you needed a pitcher... Remember when they brought up uh, uh, Bundy? There was very little fanfare. Right. I have no problem in the name of winning. But this team isn't that. Not saying they aren't they aren't interesting or they aren't maybe more competitive than we expected them to be, but they're not there yet. So abandoning a plan in the name of a one-day solution is not where this organization is. It doesn't make sense. Right. And it makes less sense because it would be happening on the road. All of that conspires to say this was never. I understood why we were doing. It. Look, man, it was the first thought. I was on the. Uh, I was doing my 105.7 show on Sunday, and when Rita, you know, pointed at the screen and said, "You know, Spencer Watkins just got drilled. He's out of the game." I, I like everybody else is like, oh, "Grayson's pitching today. That's interesting, right?" Like, mm-hmm. it's the first thing I thought about. Like, do they go? Do they pull Grayson early because they're thinking about altering the plans? And they didn't. They let him pitch the entirety of the game. And when they did that, it sort of said to me, no, they're not. They're not going to go crazy. They're not going to do it. And it never made sense. And I support that. I support staying on whatever the plan is. Now, the innings thing and how you go about dealing with that, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the answer for how you deal with ramping up Grayson Rodriguez's innings because I don't. I think he should be here at some point this season. But there's going to be a cap to how many innings he can pitch. And if you have him keep pitching every fifth day in, in Bowie and you're ramping him up to 95 pitches, you're getting to a point, man. Like, Well, workload has been one of their 
key concerns with all of the young arms. I mean, D.L. Hall being the number yeah. one guy there because D.L. Hall really hasn't pitched a full season for a long time, and that's a, a, a prevalent concern for them. So when they look at Grayson Rodriguez, they don't want to get him into the same situation that D.L. Hall has had to go through with the arm care situation and having to limit innings and really not being able to get through a full season. They don't want to have to shut him down. I, I think that's their entire goal. So, right, you're, you're, you're correct. I mean, there's no real great way to handle this, and I don't have some radical yes. idea of how to fix this. It's a bad situation because you want to have your number one prospect pitch as much as possible, but you also want to make sure that he doesn't get injured in the process. And the so answer it's might fine very, balance. It might very well be that Grayson Rodriguez is here in July and then shut down. It could be that. It could be. Sometime in, in August. You know what I mean? It might very well be that he gets here, mm-hmm. gets that taste of the major leagues, and then his season ends a little bit earlier than, than you would like it to. And and by Labor Day, Grayson Rodriguez's season is over, right? And that would lead to some people being infuriated. What what are we doing? Why would you just simply shut someone down? But I I get it. I don't think there's any reason to try to go from 100 innings to 250 in one fell right, swoop. Right. That's crazy. That's 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 insane. So I don't. I admit, it's not healthy. I mean, I, it's not right. Glenn Clark Radio. I don't have the answers. <laughs> It's the name of the show, um, but it's out there, and I don't think you divert. Whatever the plan is, you don't divert from it simply because the major league team needs a pitcher to get through. Danny Reyes yeah, is also yeah. an option for this weekend, correct, because he didn't pit. They scratched correct. him from last night. So they'll I, get through. I, I, th- I think Sedlock's the guy. Oh, it I think there's no, there's no question that Sedlock's going to pitch. Right. Like there's right. That, I just think they need to get through two games. You're going to need multiple pitches. Sure, yeah. Um, so that's that's what it's going to be, and it's not as exciting as the idea of Grayson Rodriguez pitching, but in every way, it's the better plan for me. I agree. In every aspect, this is a better idea than just sort of forcing Grayson Rodriguez into pitching because... You know, ah, hell, we'll just grab whoever the guy is. (laughs) Well, the complicated part is, too, that we don't know how Grayson Rodriguez feels. And he's the only one who knows how Grayson Rodriguez feels. You know what's funny? Like, Grayson Rodriguez, when I talked to him at the beginning of the season, was very clear about, like, I'm not in a rush. I want to keep ramping up. Like, he was throwing out, you know, I want to get up to, you know, 90-some pitches. I'm like, 90-some pitches? I don't know that we're going to expect you to do that at the Major League level when you get here. But... I think Grayson Rodriguez wants to be able to answer those questions himself. I think right. he wants to be as confident about the third time through the order as they want to be confident about the third time. I don't think right. he wants to learn that at the major league level. I think he wants to say, I want to go through an order a third time and know that that doesn't impact me so that the first time I'm asked to do that at the major league level, it's not some shocking thing. Right. I've got experience. I've been there. I've done it. I know I can do it. I want. I don't just want to get here. I don't want to be Eric Bedard. I want to be the man's dog's name is Ace. <laughs> Grayson Rodriguez has a dog named Ace, and he says it's because of Ace Ventura. But come on, his dog's name is Ace. That's what he wants to be. He doesn't just want to be a guy who's here. He wants to be the guy. So don't divert from the plan. 
Well, I think people forget too that he's 22 years old. He's yes, not 25 years old. If he was 25 years old, that's a good point. You may divert from the plan. You may say, okay, you know, it's time. The guy's had enough time, yep. and he's he's been in our organization since he was 18 years old, yep. and this is the yeah, time. Well, I Maybe mean, if, if that was the case, if he was 25, right, I mean, it'd be beyond time, and, yes. right? And I, I think people forget he's tw- only 22. Right. 22 is a very young age for a guy who makes his major league debut. The the average is quite a bit higher than that. So. It's definitely a, a plan by the Orioles that they should not divert from. And I don't think, I, I think age is a big factor in that, but obviously arm care is the other big factor. And the Orioles are not going to divert from it clearly. And like you said, I, I support that as well. It's, it's the right move. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. All right, uh, we're going to chat with Damon Wilson in a bit, but right now, um, let's catch up with Raul Marquez. Of course, uh, big fight tomorrow night. Want to find out a little bit more about what Gervonta Davis is up against up in Brooklyn. So we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of their schedule with the uh, weigh-ins this morning. Former champ Raul Marquez, part of the Showtime boxing crew with us here on GCR. We've been talking about it all week. Tomorrow night up in Brooklyn, Baltimore's own Gervonta Tank Davis taking on Rolando Romero. Joining us now, tell us a little bit more about the fight. He'll be part of the Showtime pay-per-view coverage. He is a former world champion. He is Raul Marquez, and he's with us here on GCR. Raul, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, Thank you for having me on. And, man, I'm pumped up about this fight. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Wayne show in a couple of hours, and uh, let's see how the the fighters turn out. Let's see, you know, their their body language. You know, let's see what they say, and you know, it's just a lot of excitement going on right now. All right, let's let's get it out of the way. It can, is Orlando Romero a legitimate threat to Javante Davis? Well, I mean, he's very confident. The way I mean, he certainly <laughs> can talk. There's no doubt. Mouth, yeah, the way he's been yapping his mouth. I mean. uh you just don't know with this guy. I mean, he is a strong guy. He does have power, and, you know, he's got a lot of awkwardness to his style. And, you know, you, you just don't know where this guy's coming from. So I think Gervonta's just got to be very focused. Uh, don't let all his, you know, talking, you know, get to get to him and, and uh, fight a very intelligent fight. You know, use his skills because uh, Gervonta has exceptional boxing skills. He's uh, got explosive power. He's got great footwork. And, you know, Rolando Romero is going to try to make him, make him go toe-to-toe. And, and, you know, he's, like I said, he's got a lot of awkwardness to himself. Like, where he's, you know, you don't know where he's coming from. He's, he's punching from different angles. And uh, he does have power. He does have that one-punch knockout power. And uh, that's what uh, Tank needs to be looking out for. Once upon a time, we were used to Gervonta finishing fights quite early. And, and you talk about that power. Um, we know how capable he is of ending a fight, but we've seen four straight now go to at least six rounds and the last one going the distance. How much of that is about like the Floyd Mayweather influence and the type of boxer that Javante wants to be moving forward? How much of it is about his competition? And is this the type of fight that we could be in for maybe a longer night? I ask definitely not as a guy who's thinking about putting a bet on this, Raul. There's no chance that's what I'm going to be doing. Honestly, I I don't I don't see this fight going the distance. I, I don't I don't you know both of both of these guys don't like each other. Uh, I'm sure sooner or later it's going to be a firefight. Uh, I think it is going more than six rounds. I think it'll happen in the second half of the fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean I, somebody's getting knocked out, uh, and 
Most likely, I mean, I think it'll be Rollies, you know, but he's going to put up a fight. He's definitely going to put up a fight. And the, the, the important thing here is Cervante needs to be very alert at all times. You can't sleep on this guy early on in the middle of the fight or even late in the fight because all it takes is one shot and he does have that kind of power. He is Raul Marquez. The Showtime pay-per-view coverage gets underway tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Gervonta Davis, Rolando Romero in the main event. Um, Raul, let's, I, I'm not trying to project, but let's say that Gervonta does indeed come through. What do you want to see next from Gervonta? Who do you want to see him fight as he continues to establish his star within this sport? Well, we want to we want to see him fight the name, the top guys. You know, uh, I'm sure there's probably a rematch with Isaac Cruz down the line. You know, also the you know Ryan Garcia, who was another big name in the in that weight division. It, it's a it's a weight division that is stacked with a lot of fighters. You know, uh, Devin Haney's 135, mm-hmm. 140, uh, who's going to be fighting Cambosis here pretty soon. So, you know, Gervonta has you know, proven that he's a, he's a really good fighter. He has been good guys, you know, by Cruz, uh, Mario Barrios, Leo Santa Cruz, Gamboa. And he needs to be fine. He's a superstar. He needs to be fine. The, the big names, uh, the, the names and the people that, I mean, the, the names that people want to see him fight and, and keep being those guys. And that, that's what I want to see him do. Does he need to stay at lightweight moving forward? Well, it, it, it all depends. You know, if he, if he, if he's got problems making weight, you know, he can move up. Uh, it, it all depends what his body frame tells him, you know, he is getting older, but you know, he's still an athlete. Uh, it, it's just, a, it's, a, it's pretty much up to him. Raul, give me a, a, a thought on, on the, this is obviously not the only fight that we're going to see tomorrow night. Give me a thought on for, you know, Baltimore sports fans are, are buying the fight to see tank, but what else should we be excited about, about this card? Oh, we got a great card. You know, we got uh, also uh, the you know the veteran, uh, the Cuban fighter, Islam Ben Lara mm-hmm. against O'Sullivan. That's going to be a, a hell of a fight. Uh, both uh, you know have been in there with some. You know, Lara has been in there with Canelo. Lost to Canelo. Uh, it was a it was a close fight. Lost to who uh, had a draw with Brian Castaño, who recently had that war with Charlo. Uh, he lost to Paul Williams. Uh, you know, I, all the fights that he lost were very close decisions. And O'Sullivan, you know, he's been there with some pretty good fighters, Billy Joe Saunders, David Lemieux, Mungia, you know, guys that he lost to. So he's got experience. I think that's going to be a pretty uh, explosive fight. And then you've got another guy that's up and coming, Luis Melendez, uh, who's uh, a really good fighter, 130-pounder, undefeated. You're looking out for him. Uh, who else do we have on there? Um Who's the other guy? Uh, Ramos. Yep. Ramos. He's got a good fight coming up to at 154. He's the guy to look out for at 154. Uh, he's got a lot of talent. It's going to be a great card, man. But, of course, the, the big fight is <laughs> Cervantes and Roland Romero. I mean, he's really been selling the fight. He's been talking a lot. And I just I, I find it funny because uh, he's so confident. I mean, he said he's gonna knock him out in one round. Uh, yeah, so, I saw know, that. You guys tune in. So <laughs> I saw it. So it's it's so funny you bring that up. Raul Marquez is with us here on GCR. So I watched the press conference, right? And like, right, man. I mean, holy crap! And I know that it's, it's these... all. It's all. Look, I'm gonna f him the mess up, and I'm gonna bust his head up, right. and I'm gonna f him this, f him that. I hate him so much because. Uh, I just hate him, and I'm, I, I want to beat him up so much, so bad that I don't want to see him fight again. That's how bad it is. 
you know. So, but, but the, the guy's kind of comical the way he carries himself too. You know, it's. I mean, he's doing the right thing. You know, he they want to sell pay per views, and I think he's doing a hell of a job of selling it. Uh, it, it makes it interesting. I mean, I I want to see it now. Like, I really want to see it. And uh, again, I mean, you can't sleep on this guy. I mean, he is dangerous. I feel like he ain't got nothing to lose. I feel, you know, there's more pressure on on, on Tank Davis. But you know, Tank Davis, he's been in this mega fight. He's been in. He's a superstar. He's been in big right. events. You know, and and uh, Roland Romero ha- hasn't been. That's what I want to see when. When when they come out, you know the entry, you know when the when he's at the Barclays Center and there's a jam packed crowd, and he comes, he's coming out, and he, you know he's waiting for Tank Davis to come in. I want to see his body language. You know, I don't think he's ever been in a, at an event so big. You know, it's a lot of pressure when you the lights, the cameras, you know the the stars, the people. I don't think Roley's ever been in something like that, and I want to see what happens when he when he you know when he sees all that. Is he going to lose focus? Is he going to be the same? Is it? I don't know that I've seen a lot of fighters freeze up, you know, like even at, at sm- smaller shows, you know, I cover Showbox. I've seen guys fight for the first time on TV and they just literally freeze, man. They can't pull the trigger. They get nervous and uh, it happens all the time. Well, it I, happens all the time. But I, we'll see. I wanted to go to the other side of it because I, I referenced like the Floyd Mayweather influence on Gervonta a lot. And I guess my question is, does this, does this affect him at all? Like, I, I know you reference, hey, there's there's been some words, and, and you want to knock the guy out, but he has been so plotting and so determined in the way that he has fought in recent years, and you can see the Mayweather influence on him in who he fights and how he fights. Do you sense that like any of that changes just because Romero is running his mouth the way that he has, or is he too professional at this point Gervonta and I just don't care you mentioned in the, in the press conference he just sort of kept saying yeah. what what like he wasn't yeah, really no, going there honest yeah honestly I think Gervonta is a really good great kid and I think he you know he has learned uh from fights in the past I think he you know I see a lot of maturity in him you know I think he's matured into a really uh not just a, as a champion you know but even as a person uh I don't think that matters. I don't think he cares, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. he's just gonna go in there and do his job and take care of business and move on to the next one because, uh, you know, he's letting you know he's letting Brody do all the talking. He he don't need to do the talking. You know, he's gonna take care of him in the ring. All right, so Raul Marquez, let's talk about you for a second, man. Uh, th- this role moving into being a commentator and. I know you've done some of the Spanish stuff, and you've done then on the lead uh, a team for Showtime fights. How much are you enjoying it? Do you feel like this is who you meant to be at this point in your life? Oh man, I, lo- I love it. I'm, I think I'm in a great uh, position right now. You know, I've been with the Showtime family like for ten years now. You know, I do the Spanish. Uh, I'm doing the Spanish this weekend uh, with Alejandro Lunas on, on pay per view. Last week I did. I was on the big stage, you know, with uh, Brian Custer and Al and Mauro doing David Benavides against David Lemieux, and it was an honor to work with them. And then, of course, I do Showbox. We got a Showbox show June the tenth, I believe. Yeah, a Hall of Fame weekend, which I'll be working with Brian Campbell and the great Barry Tompkins. And like I said, I'm uh, I'm in a great position right now. I I love my job. I love uh, breaking down the fights. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to head into the Wayne Show right now to cover it with. Uh, Brian Campbell and Steven Jackson and Tracy McGrady. I mean, wow. it's an honor for me to work with big stars like that. That's cool. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in on the YouTube channel, uh, Showtime YouTube channel. We'll be doing the, the Wayne show. Uh, and like, like I said, man, I'm having fun. I, and, and, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Even when I was a fighter, since 
I want to say 1996, I had my first opportunity at broadcasting, and I just stuck to it. I've done English, Spanish. I even done translating. Uh, I do it all. I do it all. Whatever they ask me to do, I'm here, and, and it's I'm 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 just blessed. Well, you're a, where I'm at right now. You're a hell of a good analyst on fights, man. You are a damn good analyst, my man. And we look forward. Thanks uh, a lot. Selfishly, I, lot. I wish you were doing the English broadcast tomorrow night, but <laughs> maybe we'll poke over. Yeah, I appreciate it. Raul Marquez. I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. You, At Raul Marquez92 on Twitter is how you follow him. And again, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Showtime pay-per-view, Gervonta Tank Davis taking on Rolando Romero. Raul, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Thank you uh, for doing this. It was a pleasure. And, 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 hey, you know, don't forget about my son. You know, he, he had his debut on Showbox uh, March the 11th. You know, he, he won the National Golden Gloves. He was an outstanding fighter. Giovanni Marquez, he, he fought on Showbox. He, he's 1-0. Uh, and uh, be looking out for him. Awesome. The future of boxing. Awesome. Love it, man. Thank you, Raul. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's Raul Marquez, the former world champion and now analyst for Showtime. Tomorrow night again, Showtime pay-per-view, 9 o'clock for Javante Tank Davis and Rolando Romero. All right, still to come. Some, yes. Can I read a comment from Lamar Jackson that he just tweeted? Okay. Eleven fourteen. I sure, thought it was interesting. By all means, we talked about with Bo the yeah. the OTA situation. Um, Chris Sims was on the on the air this morning and said that he wants to be Tom. Lamar wants to be Tom Brady, essentially. That was his whole argument. Oh, I saw it. This was actually earlier in the week. I did, Chris Sims said right, this something was about yes, and Lamar responded to it. Yeah. Today. Okay. So Lamar said, "Lamar wants to be Lamar." Chris, this part of OTAs is voluntary. My guy, I will be there. Just not on your watch. It's probably other Q. He's not attending voluntary OTAs either, but since it's Lamar, it's a huge deal. Find something else to talk about. So well, that's Lamar's comments. On right. OTAs. I mean, I don't know why Lamar Jackson gives a rat's ass about what Chris <laughs> Sims is saying. Like, this is the part that I, I'll never, I, I, I know that there's a human element to all of us getting defensive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that we just all do it and I always kind of say, like, it's the, the worst thing that's, that, that social media has brought out of us is like this absurd level of defensiveness. Yeah. Who gives a flying f? And I'm not. I like Chris Sims. We're, Chris Sims and I are good. I've, yeah. I've, you know, he's been a guest a number of times. Why would Why would Lamar Jackson care even slightly about what Chris Sims thinks? Now, there's nothing harmful in what Lamar said either, right? No. Like, there's nothing in there that's that's even remotely. And his point is the one that I make, which is, I, this is about Lamar Jackson just saying, "I'm not going to be the guy doing voluntary OTAs anymore." Right. I'm out. Now. He it, said they're voluntary. The right Ravens now. might turn around and say, "Well, you know, we want to if if we pay you X amount of dollars, we'd like to have you here for voluntary OTAs, right? right? But you're not allowed to do that. That's not the way the contracts contracts can't be written that you have to, or else they're not voluntary anymore. You're they have to be voluntary. So I don't know what this looks like if Lamar Jackson gets a big deal. I don't know if there'll be some wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. Hey, man, can we can you have can we have you around a little bit more often? I don't know." But I'm not too worried about it either. I'm just, you can't, you cannot get me to feign concern about it. I'm far more, like, it's not Lamar Jackson's fault that the Ravens didn't get real wide receivers. So when you say, well, you know, he needs to to work these guys up and make them better. First of all, that's not a thing. No matter how many times we've attempted to say it over the years, it's not a thing. The, The quarterback does not make the wide receivers better. The wide receivers are good. And you need to get them for your quarterback. That's always been the case. Right. We like to pretend like there's some other thing. It's the quarterback who makes the wide receivers. No, it is most certainly not that. 
The guys that win are the guys that have good wide receivers around them. Ball catchers. You want to call it tight ends. Whatever it is. Those are the guys that win. That's how you win Super Bowls. There was the one year where Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and everybody was hurt. That's the example of a of a ever. He is Tom Brady. And he's Tom Brady. Correct. You got to go get wide receivers. So if the Ravens didn't get wide receivers, now you say, well, look at who he's got to work with. He's got to work them up. That's not his job. His job is not to sign the wide receivers. It's not his fault they didn't sign anybody. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you're correct. You're, it's you're this correct. thing where, like, all of a sudden, well, we didn't sign anybody, so now you've got to do this. No. It's like when Ryan Tannehill says, it ain't my job to tutor somebody else. My job is to be the quarterback. I'm going to do that job. Right. It's not Lamar Jackson's job to make the wide receivers better. They're either going to be good enough or not. That's the way that it goes. We come back in. There's a new football coach at Morgan State. His name is Damon Wilson. We're going to meet him for the first time here on Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. 
So I got a, I got a, a, a situation. We're going to talk to Damon Wilson here in one second, new Morgan State football coach. I got a situation, and, I, and I'm going to run this by, by you, Zach. Okay. By the way, today's show is also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it earlier in the week, Stand the Fan, Gary Stein caught up with former UMBC Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Don Zimmerman, who's been working for ESPN. They previewed the Final Four. You can find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. So I, um, I had a standing date that was prepared for today for weeks. About a month ago, my friend Simon Habdemarium, he used to write for us here at PressBox. He covered Towson for years. Now, he's moved into the world of, uh, of pizza. He's a pizza man. His daddy was a pizza man, like his dad, granddaddy before him. They're they're pizza men. <laughs> um, Simon reached out and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to plan a date?" Simon and I, the last uh, Rocky movie, we planned a date together to go see it. Okay. And or the, the Creed movie, the, the Creed two. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, "Do you want to plan a date now for Top Gun?" And I said, "Absolutely, one thousand percent. We'll go see Top Gun Friday afternoon when it comes out, May twenty seventh." Set the date right now. Say, great. I don't know if you care at all about Top Gun. Zach, you're a young man. I mean, so I know all about it. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to see the movie, though. That, I can that, tell you that appears to be a mistake because... I've heard it's great. The reviews are... I was nervous about it years ago when it was... Even the idea of it, the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Now that we've finally gotten here, two two years after we thought we were going to get here because of the pandemic... right. I cannot believe how glowing the reviews are. Yeah, our buddy, I, our buddy Brian Powell saw it last night. Like immediately started messaging me. You got to get out. Simon messaged me a couple days ago. Unfortunately, there's been a death in the family. It's nothing particularly tragic, but it's still you know a death in the family uh, within his in-laws' family, and so he is not available to go see the picture this afternoon, and probably wouldn't be until next week. Everybody is raving about this effing movie, and I care very deeply about it. Yeah. Do I wait? Understanding, respectfully. I'm not mad at Simon at all. I understand these things. It's a you know you're dealing with death in the family. I, I am not. I'm not even a little bit upset at him. But do I wait it out until next week while everybody else on the planet is seeing Top Gun this weekend, or do I have to say I'm sorry, pal. I love you, but I can't wait. I've got to. I've got to get to the Cinemaplex. I've got to get to the movie house this weekend to spend my time with Top Gun. I'm gonna play Doctor Phil for you. Okay, thank um, you. And I'm gonna give you the perfect solution. You go see Top Gun today, mm-hmm. but you don't tell him, and then you just go with him next week and act like you haven't I, seen. It. I understand what you're trying to say, but I don't think I'd be capable of in this society. <laughs> I don't think I'd be capable of hiding mm, the fact that I yeah. saw Top Gun. I don't think I could do that. Uh, okay, so my now my, I could the option could still be I'll still go see it with you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to see it ahead of time. But mm-hmm. I'm not a man. I barely have enough time to see a movie once. Sure, finding enough time to see a movie twice is almost overwhelming. And I have made other plans for this afternoon. Not so I would have to be fine. It would be another time during the weekend that I'd be going to see the Top Gun. I've done this with the movies before. What I what I do is I just mute the words on Twitter. Like you can go into the yeah. settings and mute Top Gun, and then you can just go see it with him next week. I I think you should see it with him. I think he's going to be disappointed in you, Glenn. I I I understand what you're saying. This is more about me than it is about him at this point, though. Okay, it's more about like me. Okay. There's very few things that I have great interest in any longer in my mm-hmm. life. Right? There's my kids. 
end of list. Kids, Top Gun. And Top Gun is something I have significant interest in. And even more, like, I always was going to be interested in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Now, it's through the roof because everybody's going on about how wonderful it is. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be sweat. Like, if tomorrow night, because normally there's one night during the weekend that we leave the kids at my uh, mother-in-law's house. Mm-hmm. It might be tonight, by the way, because I think we're having dinner with my mother-in-law. It might very well be that after the dinner is over, my wife is like, hey, we're leaving the kids here. And I'm like, so we don't, we're not doing anything? She's like, no. I'm like, there you go. You know, you know there's a motion picture house right <laughs> down the street. We could just go over there right now and see Top Gun. And this is the funny part about my wife. My wife, when I asked her, when I said a couple weeks ago, I'm going to see Top Gun with Simon, she was like, okay. Because she doesn't really get into going to movies anymore. Like, yeah. basically, if it's not a Marvel movie, she does not. Okay. I think we, like, she did mention that she wants to go see the Jurassic Park movie when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But she was not through the roof about it. And then last night, I get home. And she's watching the original Top Gun, and I'm oh, like, "Oh, that's." Mm. I'm like, "What the hell?" She's like, "Well, you know, I love Top Gun." I'm like, "Well, why didn't you care about going to see it?" It's a conundrum for you, Glenn. I don't so know. So I get the funny feeling that if like we have the time tonight, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it, she's going to say, "No, I would like to go see it." And now, am I cheating on my friend Simon with my wife? <laughs> I see. I don't think it's cheating because if you're with it's your wife. worse if you're cheating with your wife. I mean, like, oh, that's, I think that's better. Actually. I think it's okay to cheat on your wife to go see a movie with a friend because. You don't get to spend enough time with your friends. I spend plenty of time with my wife. My True. wife does not need more of your boy. In fact, if anything, she'd argue she needs less. See, but I think it's it's an easier excuse. If you tell Simon, hey, my wife made me go no, see but it. I would you be, can just phrase I it that would, way. No, but he wouldn't believe that, one, mm. two, because he knows me. And two, there's also a half a chance he listens to the show. Um, uh, so, yeah, he, uh, two, he's aware of the whole situation. Right. The other, the other side of this being... I would have been disappointed if we had planned a date to see the movie together. Right. And then the night before, his wife wanted to see it. And when we got to the movie pl- the movie house, in fact, I, I'll make a comparison. I believe when we went and saw Rocky II, or Creed II, he said to me, by the way, I had to go see it last night too. And yeah. I was actually mad that he was going to see it a second time with me. I felt like I... I was the backup plan to the backup plan to backup the backup oh. plan. I felt like I was getting the sloppy seconds. Mm. I felt like the, the the girl you didn't love quite as much. So I feel like if I do go see it, then I have to just cancel the date altogether. Now, there will be more movies, but I don't know that there will be more Top Guns. Is Simon married? That's my next he question is. for Okay, much. so just take his wife. And then that just solves but the whole issue. His wife who had the death in the family. Oh. oh yeah, mm. that's, that's the problem here. It Simon was, of kids. Take a kid. Not old enough. Any, it'd, be, it'd be weird. Anyone be can weird. anyone can just fill out, you know, fill in Simon. And be like, this is what happened. You saw the movie. You're saying send someone in his pro as a proxy. Yeah, it, exactly. Right. That's so exactly I, what it's I'm like I'm going to the movies with Simon. Right. It's just one of Simon's family members. I think members. I would be cheating on him. <laughs> Here we'll talk. You know what? We're gonna talk to Damon Wilson. Then I think we're gonna Let's call. Do it. We're gonna we're gonna call Simon after that. We're gonna we're gonna deal with this on the air. All right. Um, uh, Damon Wilson is the new football coach at Morgan State. He's getting settled, so we had to do this a little bit earlier on, but our first opportunity to catch up with him here on GCR. Well, there's a new head football coach at Morgan State, and it's our first opportunity to catch up with him after a heck of a run for him at Bowie. He has come over to lead the Bears. It's a pleasure to welcome in for the first time to GCR. Coach Damon Wilson, who is with us now. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on the new gig. 
Hey, Glenn, I appreciate uh, you inviting me on, and I'm excited to get started at Morgan State. Well, let's let's keep it simple, right off the start, right? Like, why, why Morgan? Why now? What made this the job that you wanted to pursue? Um, well, you know, we accomplished a lot of things at Bowie State University, and uh, you know, when the Morgan opportunity came up, I spoke with uh, Dr. Wilson and the administration uh, with, with with our new AD in place. I really feel as though Morgan State is is headed in the right direction. It's home for me, you know. I'm I'm, I'm a Maryland guy, so it's home, and, it, and I have the opportunity to kind of hit right up the Beltway and uh, hit another program to get it going in the right direction. So I think the timing was everything, and uh, Bowie State has been great to me. But uh, like I said, when I met with Dr. Wilson. I just really felt like the uh, universe was going in the right direction from an athletic standpoint. Coach, what what is Morgan football capable of being? We've certainly seen moments, and we know the history of the program, but you know that's not something that's necessarily been sustained in recent years. I know there's a, a, a myriad different reasons why that might be the case, but what do you believe Morgan is capable of being as a football program? I think Morgan's capable of being a powerhouse uh, program in the FCS. Uh, with our recruiting pool right here uh, in the DMV area, I think we do a good job there and help these young men matriculate in the classroom. We have an opportunity to be a very strong football program. There are other FCS programs in this area that are having success, uh, and there's no reason why we shouldn't have success at Morgan State University. You, uh, you know, I, I reference, and I'm sure you know, there has been uh, a lot of turnover in, in recent years as far as Morgan coaches are concerned, and you came from a place that... You know, obviously you had quite a bit of stability um, having been at Bowie for as long as you did. Were you at all apprehensive about that? And and what makes you believe that now Morgan can find more stability and, and you can be there and succeed for some time? You know, a number of coaches left for different reasons. And uh, one thing that I'm excited about is the opportunity to, to be at Morgan for a while. It's not opp- I don't look at it as an opportunity, as a stepping stone and looking for the next job. I want to make Morgan the job. You know, I, w- I want to make sure that we build what's needed uh, in our own backyard. And I think we can sustain success with the support of the local community, alumni association, as well as the current high school uh, coaches in the area. You know, so I definitely think the timing is right. Uh, like I said, the, the administration uh, really wants to move this program uh, in the right direction and get it back to where it was. Uh, and I look to sustain success, you know, and that's something that we prided ourselves on at Bowie State University. It's not just building a a a, a, uh, a good team. We want to build a program. And a good thing with the rich history that Morgan State has in this athletic program and this football program in particular, you know, we want to tap back into that. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. He is Coach Damon Wilson. He's the new head football coach at Morgan State, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, how are you guys able to, to do that at Bowie State? I mean, you, clearly the incredible amount of success that you've had over the years. What what allowed for you guys to, again, sustain, not just build a winner, but sustain a winner over the years at the D2 level? I think a lot goes into that. Uh, our administration has have been, has been great to us. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, second, my staff, you know, they, they did a great job. We had some continuity within the staff. But they did a great job recruiting and, and, and making sure the young men uh, had success in the classroom so we weren't, you know, turning over rosters every year. And we, we built it the right way, you know. And our student-athletes brought into what we were, were preaching. Uh, they understand that, hey, I don't care who graduates. Tradition never graduates. Next man up mentality. Uh, let's be selfless uh, versus selfish. They brought, they brought into that mindset. And, uh, and, and guys, you know, take a lot of pride in the 
putting a Bowie State uniform on, putting that suit on, and to represent our university and our community. And that's some of the same things we we plan to do at, at, at Morgan State. You know, I'm, I'm putting together, I think, a very good coaching staff that are good teachers, uh, guys that can develop talent, and, of course, recruit. Was it at all difficult for you? I mean, Coach, I, I know it's a, it's a jump up in level. It's an opportunity to get to Division One, and that is incredibly appealing. But, um, you know, you're, you're kind of a lifer, right, at Bowie State. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you spent so much time there. Was it at all tough for you to, to move on from a place that clearly has meant so much to you? One of the toughest professional decisions I made in my life, and I told my team that, and the reason why it was tough is because of my guys. You know, I love my players at Bowie State University. I love where uh, they, we, we come. I love where the direction that they're going in. And uh, what saved me was when I had the meeting with those guys to, to talk through. I had made a decision, but I talked through the situation with a number of the leaders. And some of the comments they said to me really, really put my heart at ease, put my mind at ease, and let me know that, Coach, it's, a, it's, it's okay. You did, you've did. you done enough for us here, and, and, and we're, we're ready to roll and we understand that if you take another opportunity. So just as having their support, hmm. uh, a lot of, you know, didn't want to let me, want to see me go, but uh, just having their support meant the, uh, the world to me. And, uh, you know, my wife is a Morgan State alumnus. That's and, cool. And that's, you know, so I'm able to actually coach at my alma mater and go right up the street and coach my, at my wife's alma mater. is a blessing. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. That's neat. That's very neat. Uh, obviously, you know, Bowie, of course, also being an HBCU, do you feel like you are maybe more uniquely prepared for a place like Morgan than, than perhaps some other coaches have been over the years where you sort of understand the culture and what, what you need to tap into to succeed at an HBCU? And I think that's a, a great question. And uh, to answer your question in short, I do. And, I, and, and one thing that uh, I do understand the culture, I do understand the dynamics of our area with regards to recruiting. I do have the relationships in the area. Uh, I think some other guys that have the opportunity, may, you know, it was new to them, and they had, been, had to make necessary adjustments. Uh, I've been in college coaching for 23 years now, and I've been at several uh, HBCUs, so I, I understand it. Uh, I under, like I said, I understand the culture of the university. Of course, there's going to be some challenges with regards to you know meeting new people, new policies and procedures. Uh, but at the at the end of the day, it's still developing young people, and that's something that I pride myself in. And as long as we put that through naturally first, we're going to be in great shape as a program. Just another couple of minutes here with Damon Wilson, new head football coach at Morgan State. Coach, a, a, a couple of years ago, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the tragedy and George Floyd's death, it, it felt like there was kind of a reckoning. And there was clearly a reckoning in our country. But one of the things that came from that is it felt like there were some athletes who stepped up and said, hey, man, it's time for us to support HBCUs and it's time for us to consider HBCUs. Ha- has that continued? Have you felt that it might be easier to recruit that there are more athletes who feel a sense of, hey, we, we need to do this for, uh, for each other. We need to step up and, and go to these schools and continue to support our own community. I, I think, it, I think it, uh, it, it is a change, uh, and I think it's something that is going to continue to grow. Uh, just uh, as much as we educate, I think that the key is educating the student-athletes early as possible on the experience at an HBCU, at the, the culture of different HBCUs, uh, because the experience is, is going to be is different. You know, one thing that we aren't going to uh, uh, allow is to separate the type of football we play. You know, we play the sport of football. We don't play HBCU football. Sure. You know, we play football, but we're going to educate and allow our 
uh, student athletes to find find themselves on the college campus. And uh, I think that's part of that experience at an HBCU uh, that you may not get at other places. But however, that football is, is the same football they play with everywhere in the country, and we're going to make sure we teach quality uh, football so we can be successful, not just in HBCU uh, conferences, but across the country. I have no doubt that you guys dealt with some of the NIL stuff while you were at Bowie, and I'm not trying to suggest <laughs> that you're you're going to Alabama or anything like that, but I would think that maybe there's probably going to be a little bit more of it at a place like Morgan. Can you take me through... You know what dealing with it has been like for you. I, I, I coach. Admittedly, I'm the guy who says, and and I know it probably makes coaches' lives more difficult. And my answer is kind of like, yeah, but it's still better for the students. And so I'm sorry, I just don't care. <laughs> um, can you take me through what it's been like for you? The 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 the, the, the good part, the bad part, all of it, um, as you've adjusted to life with the NIL and the transfer portal being the way that it is. The NIL, I support. You know, I support student athletes being compensated for the name, image, and likeness. Uh, however, I am not a fan of student athletes doing things outside of their character to make a dollar or two. Uh, I think they should not sacrifice who they are as people uh, just to make a dollar or two or two and miss the big picture. And also, I'm I'm in favor of it uh, as long as it's within the name, image, and likeness um, uh, uh, framework. And not a situation we're looking to pay to play. Uh, that's something that is very similar. Uh, but I, you know, I, I support the student athletes being compensated. Um, the transfer portal is a situation where I mean, you have to adjust. I'm not a fan of it because I know a lot of student athletes uh, may leave a university just because things got tough. And that's something that we don't want to uh, create with this generation, in my opinion. Just because things get tough, we don't necessarily have to up and jump ship. Uh, but I also understand that there are student athletes that may be in certain situations that aren't that aren't uh, are conducive to what they're trying to get done uh, academically or athletically. So therefore, they may have to make a change. But uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a thin line. But at the end of the day, I understand. I have to. I'm going to be in a transfer portal before mm-hmm. recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have some guys probably go to the transfer portal, and that's that's the that's that's the time we live in. And I just want these student athletes just not to once again jump shit when things get tough let's let's buckle down and try to and and, and overcome because as a dad and as a mom at, at some point you may have some tough decisions to make and we all can't just run out the house and leave everything so that's the that's that's my uh take on that whole deal now all right and coach before i let you go what what you, you mentioned you guys are gonna you're not gonna you're not playing hbcu football you're playing football what kind of football? What should Morgan State fans and folks who want to come out to Hughes Stadium be expecting? What brand of football are they going to see from Damon Wilson's team? We're going to be physical. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to be exciting. Uh, defensively, we're going to fly around and make plays and play exciting uh, football. But every day you can count on us being physical. I don't care who we're playing against, when we're playing. Uh, we're going to be physical. We're going to be relentless. We're going to be tough. Uh, we're going to be disciplined. I think if we go into a ball game against uh, our first opponent, Georgia Southern, we go into the game being physical, disciplined, and and, and uh, playing selfless football, I think we'll be in great shape. And every week that we go into the field, if we take that approach, we're going to have an opportunity to win a football game. All right, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Um, look, looking forward to seeing you out there, and we will be in touch, and we'll be supporting you guys and your program and everything you do. Thank you for joining us this morning. We look forward to, to chatting more over the years and, and looking forward to seeing what it is that you do at Morgan State. Hey, Glenn, I appreciate you covering us. That's Damon Wilson. He's the new football coach at Morgan. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning here on GCR. Um, 
All right. Do you want? Do you want to? You, you want to do this? Why don't we take a break, and we come back? We'll get to the. We will. We're gonna solve my conundrum. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Well, or the closest thing we can come to a solution. We're gonna put it all. You are going to be our our relationship therapist. I'll be Doctor Phil. I don't want Doctor Phil. I want <laughs> you to be a legitimate doctor. Okay. Okay. I want you to be our relationship counselor. To deal with this top gun situation, I right? You know, I've trained you know this. the facts as I presented them. I'll we'll let's see if Simon has more facts to present, and you tell me what it is that I go about doing. All right, I'm ready. I have a conundrum, a friend relationship conundrum. We're gonna deal with it. Hey, um, uh, quickly, I should remind everybody that um, today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. All of the events this weekend: Champions League final, the big fight tomorrow night. Sunday, Indianapolis 500. Watch and bet on all of them in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Expecting a big crowd for the fight tomorrow night because, you know, it's a pay-per-view fight. People don't want to have to pay for it. They want to come watch it in the FanDuel Sportsbook. So email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your table, your reclining chairs. Make sure that you have your spot taken care of for the fight tomorrow night. Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Thursday, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. 
Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Okay, so we're going to get to the bottom of this. All right? We have, I have a situation. I laid it out for Zach. And it's not, I, I am not remotely mad. Not, I want to make that abundantly clear. A lot, of, a lot of people do that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm actually not mad. I'm not at all. But there, I have a relationship situation that I need to deal with. And so, Zach, despite the fact that um, he's, are you a single man? I know you're not married. I don't know what your relationship I am, is. Yes, you're I single am. man. I'm not married. Um, but I don't know what your, 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 your dating situation is in your life. Um, I'm going to let you play the role of relationship counselor okay. today. And you're going to handle what I'm... It's more a me problem than anything else. <laughs> but my friend Simon Have to Marry Him uh, is back with us here on GCR. Good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, Glenn Clark. And uh, just for good measure, good morning, Jerry Coleman. Yeah. Hey. He's bringing it back. I do appreciate that. It, we, we never said... Col- we just said good morning, Jerry. That was always the way we said it. Oh, uh, my God. All right. So, um, Simon, I need you to know I understand things come up in life and your family, your wife's family, you're dealing with some loss. And I, I am, I want to make sure it's abundantly clear. I'm very sorry. And I don't want to come uh-huh. come off as being insensitive in any way. All right. Because I, I'm, I'm very thoughtful in that way. Understood. I also really want to see Top Gun. <laughs> so for <laughs> yeah. those that don't know, I, and we were just talking about this a couple minutes ago, Simon, a month ago, Simon and I set up a date that this afternoon we would go see Top Gun together. And it was unspoken that there would be no women involved. There would be no other friends involved. No this women was and children. A, this was a friend date between the two of us that we had set up. And we hadn't had a, a date like this since I believe we went and saw Rocky Eight together uh, a, a little while back, correct? Basically, yeah. Okay. So we set it all up. I was very excited about it. Then a couple days ago, Simon informs me, and again, I want to make this—I want to make it abundantly clear—out of his control. I am not remotely blaming him whatsoever. Some loss in the family. He's got to be a good husband. He's got to do the right thing. He's a good man, and I appreciate that. Not only does he run the Route 66 Pizza Company, but he's a good husband. So I said, Simon, I fully understand, and I love you. Then he said, Well, we could try to go maybe next week, right? <laughs> But, Simon, you've seen the reaction to this film, correct? Unfortunately, yeah. You understand that, like, it is just getting... I, I, I was once upon a time nervous about this film. Now, it's being talked about like it might be the greatest motion picture of all time. And I'm sweating a little bit over here, all right? I'm sweating. <laughs> thinking about whether or not... I'm sweating, too. I can, I can make it to next week and hold out not going to see this film. And what I'm really nervous about is that I might cheat on you, right? 
And even more so, what would be terrible is if I cheated on you with my wife. That would be awful. That's what, I didn't know that's what we were facing. That would be worse. Okay, now you got to remind me because I think there was a situation that came up. When we went on that date together to see Rocky Eight. I believe you told me you had either already seen it or you were going to immediately be seeing it again afterwards. This solves everything. I feel as though I was cheated on that particular time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, well, I don't know if that counts as cheating because I went to go see it with you first. First. I went to see it with you before I saw it with my own brothers and cousins who I grew up watching all the Rocky movies with. <sighs> So you went and saw it again very soon thereafter. The next day. <sighs> but I went and saw it with you the night that it came out, correct? Correct. We went we went thanks we went thanks moment. it was Thanksgiving Eve, right? It was a that was when it didn't it come uh, out, I believe? Yes. So actually you know what? It wasn't the next day. Because I believe we went Wednesday night. Yes. Then there's Thanksgiving. Yes. And then at Thanksgiving, me and my brothers and cousins were all like, yeah, let's go tomorrow. So then we all went Friday afternoon. Okay. So there's like all a right. 36 hour clearance all between right. the screen. All right. So you are alleging that you did not cheat on me <laughs> in how you went and saw Rocky Eight. Correct. You I, in s- fact, actually put you in front of my own. You're, you're saying that you were faithful to our relationship when it comes to Rocky Eight. More so, I would say. You. You understand, though, where I'm coming from and the situation that I'm dealing with. I, I presented to young Zach. Uh, this evening, uh, Mrs. Clark and I are having dinner at her mother's house. And Mrs. Clark tries to leave the children at her mother's house one night every weekend for a, a myriad reasons. One being, it's nice to not have the children for a night. Another being, yeah, this these are the only... Uh, Mrs. Clark is uh, an only child, and these are the only grandchildren for her mother, so it's it's nice for her to get that opportunity to have them. And there's there's myriad reasons, but there's a possibility that because we're having dinner there tonight, the idea will be, well, let's just leave the kids here tonight, and then we'll be departing from her mother's house, which is in Hunt Valley, and there's a cinemaplex right down the street. And it's just possible that it will come up in conversation hey, we don't have any plans tonight. Mrs. Clark was just, despite the fact that she knew, I want to make this abundantly clear, Simon, she knew that you came first here. She understood that you were my relationship priority. She knew that I had a standing date with you to see Top Gun this afternoon. I made that, I, there was no mixing words. I said, who matters most to me in my life? It's Simon. It's, I love you. But Simon matters most. But with that no longer being an option, she might. She was watching Top Gun last night when I came home. She might suggest we she go. Knew. We go see the Top Gun film. And you know me, I'm I'm very easy. I am I am a whore. You know me. This is the yes, nature. Of, this is the nature of who I am. I'll I'll, yep. I'll 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 let anybody have a romp, you know, like and, and that <laughs> it might that's in, the basis of our friendship. Actually. Wow, I, it might be, it might very well be. Wow, uh, I might very well allow my own wife a cheap opportunity to go see a film with me. What would your reaction be if I ended up going with my wife to see the motion picture tonight? 
given the circumstances, which are beyond all of our control. Uh, yes. And again, I want to make it ever. I want to say it for the fiftieth time. I am. This is not guy that's mad. That's saying he's not mad. I'm not mad at you. I love you, and I support your family. And I, I, I hope you told Mrs. Hab to marry him. That I love her too, and that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about you. All that being said, I too have seen the reaction to this film. Yes. And. I, too, don't know how I'm going to make it all that much more longer without having seen it. So you to are... To the point where I, I might go at, like, 10 o'clock at night on, like, Sunday or whatever when the kids go to bed. Because you have to see it. Because I, I can't wait till next So week. are you effectively giving me a hall pass, a one-time get-out-of-jail-free card that I am allowed... Not that you're rooting for it, but that if necessary, if I find myself in a moment of weakness, you will allow me one time. That you, you know, a lot of couples have this, right? Like, you know, I don't know if you and Mrs. Habdemarium have this, but like I've said to my wife, if you've got a shot with Channing Tatum, by all means, right? Just, just go for. It. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a thing for girls from NDP, so you just never know. Maybe, right? Maybe. I've got that deal. Are you saying? that you will allow me a, sing- a similar hall pass one time to go see the Top Gun picture and cheat on you because of the circumstances. Because of the circumstance and because it's your wife. Like, let's say if it was Kyle. Yeah. Then no. Well, I would never do yeah. that. I mean, come on. I've got standards. <laughs> what are you trying to say about me? You think I'll just, let, let I'm just that, a hussy? That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Kyle, like, if you're listening. Hello. <laughs> Uh, but you're saying only the I'm only allowed to cheat on you with my wife. Given the extreme circumstance and the fact that it's your wife, compounding allows you this whole pass. Okay, now, the secondary question, what if this was a self-love situation? What if the scenario that you just talked about, same thing. She's tired tonight. You know how this is. You just you uh-huh. may, you're in the mood, but she's just not, right? We've all been there. I'm in the mood. I feel the need, the need for speed, you know? And she's just, you know, she's a little tired. And she says, I'm sorry, I'm not up for it. And I say, but I still, you know, because we've all, we've all been there. What do you do? You roll over. Can, you, can I jump you, in real you quick? Grab, you grab a washcloth. You know, we've all been there. Yeah. I end up going and, and having a little self-love by myself tonight at the Cinemaplex. Not, not literally. I want to make that abundantly. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, not literally. But you know what I mean. Someone calls security. <laughs> Um, I'm not forgetting Pee Wee Herman situation. Hang wow. on, let, let, before you t- say something, let Simon answer that question. Okay. All right. I just think it should be abundantly known. Yes. Especially for men over the age of 30. Yes. That in no way, shape, or form, ever, in any context, is self-love cheating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you're okay with you're okay. It's not. I would not be cheating on you if I practice self love this evening. Not at all. Okay, that's important. That was important. I needed to get that out of the way. So I want to make this clear. Zach, here are the facts. So now, what would the expectation would the expectation be that you that you still get the sloppy seconds at that point? Like we would still need to go have the date together, or would that only be if you don't get to see the film at some point this weekend? I would think that the expectation is that given 
again, the extreme circumstance. Yes. Given the reaction to this film. Yes. Which, I mean, you said it, I'll say it also. None of us went into this thinking no. we were witnessing cinematic history. No chance. I wanted to see a bunch of airplanes. Correct. And there's not even the whole subtext of like Val Kilmer taking a shirt off and playing. I, I, st- I still don't even know. Is there no? Is there really no volleyball scene in this film? Because that actually will be disappointing to me if there's no volleyball. Scene. I, I don't want Val Kilmer to take a shirt off. Anymore. Well, I don't need it to be Val Kilmer any longer. I, I understand that. Well, I, look, that was it, one half of the equation. The, the shirtless high five. But I still just think there needs to be some gratuitous, you know, sexiness in this film in some way, or else is it really legally even a Top Gun picture? Yeah, but I mean, like. Miles Teller, though? Oh, man, he's a, he's a handsome chap. Anyway, all that being said, I, I almost got lost here for a second. I enjoyed Whiplash. Um, I, I don't think that I myself will be able to make it all that much longer. without. Like I said, probably my plan right now yeah. is to see it at some absurd time. Right, when, when, when you can get it in. Exactly. Anybody else we we all kids. know what this is like. Once you have kids, it's just whenever you can yeah. get it in. That's that's you, you don't you, my god we got 5 minutes in the middle of the day we run out and see a top gun picture that's just the way that it goes say the the kids are distracted watching some SpongeBob now we got time to go see a top gun picture that's just that's the nature of the beast um so i would think that the expectation actually is that each man has to do what's best for themselves okay and that we as men can respect that and then the next moment of gratuitous masculinity and nerdiness which requires appointment viewing then we we, like, we uh, schedule another date then yeah when like whenever uh, rocky nine comes out we'll have a standing date for that obviously if, if there's a rocky nine if there's a new teenage mutant ninja turtles if there's like a blockbuster fight if i don't know if Biggie and Tupac resurrect. From they the do like a hologram tour together. Yeah, I'm, 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 and they all come back. Now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I'm that. with. I'm with that. I'm with that. By the way, the uh, the verses last night was quite good with UGK and bringing out Big Boy to do International Players Anthem. It made me very happy. Um, what they did? What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. UGK to wrap up verses last night brought out uh, Big Boy. No, I mean Andre wasn't there, but people. I know Andre's. I know. I know Andre's verse is is perfect. But people sleep on how good Big Boy's verse was and, and what is one of the greatest songs that's ever... I mean, like, the truth is it really is the greatest hip-hop song of all time. I just, because for selfish reasons, Mo' Money, Mo' Problems is mine. Just, it's, it, it brings me to a place. Um, but International Players Anthem, frankly, should be our national anthem. I've said that a number of times. Um, it is... I feel like an idiot. I even saw the Instagram notification that Versus was live, and I said, nah, bro, I'll catch the replay. Bro, in, in fairness, I was not watching live either. I just saw that Big Boy was trending, and I was like, what, what, what? And I, you know, I have a rule. Whenever I see Big Boy trending, I immediately just drop everything that I'm doing, and I go directly to it. And when I found out what was happening, I, I just... Oh, it was so joyful. My God, it was so joyful. All right, Zach, you've heard everything that's been presented. I have. Are you at all nervous about the impact this might have on our relationship that we've kind of agreed to allow for cheating slash self-love here? First of all, I, I have a question for you guys. Yes. How much did Tom Cruise pay you? Because this is the greatest promotion of Top Gun I've I, ever heard I, in my life. He didn't. He didn't. I don't. Have you paid attention to the internet? Pal? I mean, like, it's wow. Literally being talked about as the greatest movie anyone has ever seen. This is this, that was an incredible promotion. Number one. I just wanted to get that out of the way. But look, I'm actually almost. Wait, 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 yes. wait, wait. 
How old is Zach? Oh, Zach's, Zach's like 12. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm 12. Okay. That's that's my exact age. Yeah. That's correct. Um, but look, okay. I, I, think, I think Simon effectively gave you a hall pass. So yes. I think, Glenn, you can go see this movie by yourself. But specifically with my wife. Oh, I was going to say by yourself. Or my, he said my wife or myself. See, I think it's more fair by yourself. But I don't want to exclude your wife from this either. I would not have cheated on Simon with my wife had the pre- circumstances not. I would not have done that. I would never. I want you to understand. Simon, I want you to know I would never cheat on you with my wife. Do See, you understand that? Glenn, I think you got to get Likewise. it out of your system. Thank you, know? thank you buddy. Like, you got to get it out of your system. If you don't see this, I don't oh, know I could, to... I could be backed up for, for, for days. Right, right. And I, I just wanted to say that Simon is going to see this movie on Sunday night. Can you wait that long? Ten o'clock on no, Sunday night. No, I don't think I can. I right. Think, so I then think, you, I think you don't I might. I think I might break out. I think I legitimately might start doing reckless things if right. I get more than about another twenty-four hours without having seen this film. Are you the one who stole, uh, stole Seth Green's monkey? No, because no, it's looking I like see, it. I didn't do that. It's looking that. like it. That's that's his reaction. Well, to I'm, top. I, I appreciate the fact that we could talk this out. This is this is why it's important in relationships to have to talk right to have open lines of communication. Because you got to be able to come to places where you can work together and you can both make concessions and understand that you still love each other and support each other and you want what's 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 good for each other. And so I, I need you to know, despite the fact that I still haven't forgiven you for removing my pizza from your menu, I do still love you and I want you to know that. Right, I, I, hold up, i, I got to hear the backstory with this. Well, Simon is a pizza man. Right, yes. Like his daddy was a pizza man and his granddaddy before him. That's what they do. They, <laughs> Sounds like there should be like a Don McLean song they about that. pedal their way as they should. Actually, I, I might reach out to him about it. Yeah. He's, not, he's, he's uh, got no plans this weekend because he did, the, <laughs> Heard he about did that. the right thing. <laughs> um, Simon made a pizza for me. He and I, once, once upon a time, it was much like the scene from Ghost where they were doing pottery together. Okay. Simon and I made a pizza together. Okay. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> we made a pizza, he and I together. And it was a pickle Wait a pizza. Minute. Zach is twelve. Does he know what ghost is? Oh yeah, there's no, I, ch- no, I, chance. no I, chance. I have there's... actually, I, I know all again. I haven't seen it, God. but I know all about it. <laughs> so I'm hurting everyone's feelings. We made building. a pizza together, and then Simon decided to go into business. He decided to make it mm-hmm. more official that he yeah. was going to be a pizza yeah. man. Okay. And when he became a pizza man, he took our pizza and he put it on his pizza menu. And because it was our pizza together, it was our special thing. He kindly decided to name it the Glen. That's it was very sweet of him. Okay, they made fun of me on the menu, like he did the whole thing. Like it was, yeah. it was lovely. And so I ordered it, and I enjoyed it. It was delicious pizza. Well, it was you. And then one month, I went to order another pizza, <laughs> and it was gone. Yeah. Well, okay. See, Simon, um, that's see that one's on you, and I think that Glenn. Now has a hall pass just because of that oh! singular reason. Oh, what do, what do you say hold to up. that? Hold up, hold up. I was never given the chance to explain my side of the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> One, as you all know, our country is in a time of crisis <laughs> due to supply chain issues. Uh huh. Well, you it's can't uh, get what you can't get pickles any longer. You made <laughs> a pizza pickles. with pickles on it. It was the cauliflower. Well, look, I, you still had cauliflower. Listen, listen. Wait a bread. second. Wait a oh, second. Wait a second. No. 
No! Wait, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Listen, there is nobody who walks into a pizza shop and puts pickles get on the, a pizza. You get the F See, out. that's the problem. No, <laughs> no. Actually, this one isn't on Simon at all. <laughs> this is on you. You have no idea what you're saying. I Look, pickles you're, are great, not on pizza. This is the problem with talking to a 12-year-old, is that they, they just don't understand the way the palates work. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 he probably wants a peanut butter and jelly on a pizza. Actually, many are saying my palate is similar to that of Gordon Ramsay. So, is that what they're saying? That's what many, they say. Many are that's saying, what they say. Right? You made... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry, all the non-bread eating aside, part of it is strategic. Every time I do an event, I put out about six to eight pizzas on a menu. All of them are specialties. All of them are craft pizzas. There's no, hey, can I get a cheese with uh, pepperoni and mushrooms or whatever. It's literally all my own crazy combinations of things they're all specialties it's a craft menu it's an experience you know this is part of the business model and sometimes you need to make people miss things oh oh that's what this is your purpose now you're purposefully giving me blue balls that's what this is i i had a pizza that had crab meat on top of it it's one of the best i've ever made in my life i took that off the menu also not because i didn't like it not because I hate crab all of a sudden, but I needed everybody to miss it for a little bit. I tried out a couple of different recipes. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. You keep what works, you discard what doesn't. It's, it's strategy. He's, got, I think he's that, got a point. I think that maybe you could have made like a... Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't. It, I, it gets very personal. And you know what? I, we started this thing with love, and I want to end it with love. All right. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want the ugliness to come out. I don't want the kids to see us fighting. Okay. I just want my pizza back. That's all. I want my pizza back. It's all I have in my life. I've accomplished. You. You. My. My shelves at home are not. We. You know what awards I've won in my life. I'm a curling, a champion curling skip, and I'm the 20th fastest man in Annapolis, and that's all I've got. That's literally all the list of my accomplishments. Didn't you like curl once? I was a champion curling skip. Say that. Say that again, Simon. Weren't you like one of the top old men to do the Charles 12 mile or something? No, I was the 20th fastest man in Annapolis, and you will show me the respect due. Glenn, you, you beat Josh Soroka, correct? Is that who it was? Yes, we did. But we Josh kicked their asses. But the Sorokas had never curled in their lives. We had never curled before. You would think I was just secretly well, training and curling for 27 <laughs> years or whatever. I don't know. It was more than that. 31 years? No. We, none of us had ever curled before. But who kicked whose ass? I wrecked right, shot. You know what? You know what? I'm putting an end to this. I'm putting an end to this right now. Yes. I wasn't going to say anything until later today. Oh. <laughs> you just had to Debo the situation. Oh. But I'm actually about to announce within like, I don't know, it's just 12 o'clock. This isn't that like three hours going to announce that next Saturday, ah? June 4th, ah? is my next pop up. Oh, that's very quick. That's very soon. And what's going to be on the menu? Yeah. And I should also note it will be the last pop up event what? for the whole summer. What? Why? All right, that's different. Because things have been so wildly successful that I'm actually booked up the rest of the. Oh, summer. that's I'm happy to hear that. I do I do like. And that. then it yeah. happened to turn out. It's like, oh, next Saturday just so happens to be my last free day for I don't know how long. All right, well that's that's good. I'm happy that the business is going well. Now get to, is there? What, can I get my pizza? 
the Gwen's on the menu. Hell yeah! <laughs> you may get like six people to buy it. Maybe six. Shut up. <laughs> you stupid. Well, that'd be more than last time, but... Shut up. Oh. Oh, you... <laughs> plug your stupid thing. I'm mad at both of you now. I don't know why... I'll buy a pizza for you. Plug your, plug your thing. Go on Instagram, follow Baltimore Pizza Company. By 3.30 today, look for the announcement, and there will be a couple more announcements coming after oh, that. I'm very excited about that. I am very excited about that. All right. I, I love you. We will. I, I'm glad that we were able to come to an agreement. Uh, this is for the best. Uh, we, we need to stay together for the kids, you know. It's what Blink-182 <laughs> said once upon a time. That, that's so, what's most important. So I, I and, love – And as we all know, Trick loves the kids. Trick does love the kids. There's no question about that. I love you, pal. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Simon Happy Marion, Baltimore Pizza Company. Go get the Glen next Saturday. Oh, it makes me very happy. I'm very happy about that. I think we handled that appropriately. I think that was yeah. a very mature way of handling that situation. Other than you showing your ass and being like, oh, look. pickles aren't supposed to be on p-. You're stupid. I you, mean, are you, they? You, you, don't, you don't understand the world. You're not cultured <laughs> enough yet. Well, when you're only 12 years old, I'm I, not sure how you problem. can all you understand want, All culture. you want is SpaghettiOs and mac and cheese on your pizza. Right. I understand well, that. Well, chicken tenders. Don't chicken forget. Ten- yeah, 100% chicken tenders. Yeah. I, some of us are, are just a bit more cultured, right? And yeah. when you get as cultured as we are, you understand that there are oh, many flavor profiles that work on a pizza. And plenty of people are like, oh, really? A pickle pizza? And then they get it. They put Glenn in their mouth. <laughs> and they realize, wow. this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. I Wow. Yep. Well, all I can say that's is, you need. is you need, wow. You need, you need a little Glenn in your mouth. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the problem yeah. here. You know he's really not 12 because there's no way I would have made that joke if you I, I, Yeah, that's also true. All right. Uh, if you haven't picked up the print issue of Pressbox, go do it right now. It's uh, free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. I normally hold it up, but I don't know where mine went. Uh, imagine what it would look like if it had Adley Rutschman on the cover and you were staring at it right now. Print issue of Pressbox. Available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressboxOnline.com. You got a tidbit for us? Uh, I do have a tidbit for you. Tidbit uh, brought to you today by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. <sighs> BPDrecruit.org. Roof Note Door is my tidbit today. What about So him? he became the 48th Venezuelan-born player in Major League Baseball history to play in 1,000 career big league games. He's one of 65 active major leaguers to achieve the milestone. Now, I wanted to dig in for trivia into a bit of Venezuelan baseball player history uh, in honor of Rugnet Odor becoming the, you know, 1,000 career big league game uh, champion here. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. There's, we're talking about a couple of Venezuelan baseball players here. <laughs> is this the one you thought was going to be too difficult? No, 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 no. This is not. This is All not. Right. Can you name the Venezuelan baseball player? In Well, there's there's a few of them here. And I'm just going to throw out a few categories, and you're going to name the player. <laughs> so Hi. the one there is one player in the Hall of Fame. Who is it? There is one player who's had 3,000 hits. Who is it? And one player who's hit 500 home runs. Who is it? Wait, Hall of Fame, 3,000 hits. And 500 home runs. And But everybody that's had 3,000 hits or 500, I'm so... There, there, are, two, there are two different people here. Okay. One of them did two of them. I was going to say, if somebody has 3,000 hits, I'm that's curious. also in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Louis Aparicio is Venezuelan, correct? Aparicio, yes. So he's he definitely in the, in the Hall of Fame. He is in the Hall of Fame, but he is not the one who has 3,000 hits or 500 home runs. Uh, is it... I'm trying to think of... I'm, 
2,677 hits for Aparicio, by the way. Is is it Miguel Cabrera? It is Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. That's see, I see. I had no idea until this morning when I I found this out that I, Miguel Cabrera well, is it, Venezuelan. It's so funny you said that. I've known that for a long time, but I definitely was not confident as I said that. All right. Well, there it is. That's it. That's all. That's all I had. I okay. had I had categories. I thought it would be a little harder for you. Maybe not. Well, I I've it, got I've got a really hard one. If you want that, uh, probably not. What is it? <laughs> okay. So, um, last week. It was announced that, that Rich Strike would not run yeah. the Preakness after okay. winning the Kentucky Derby. Well, it was, how it was many announced th- a couple weeks ago. Well, it was announced a couple weeks ago, yeah. right. But how many times has the winner of the okay, Kentucky I've Derby... Okay, a million years. <laughs> My God. What, what, I was never in a million... And what time was the last time the, the Kentucky well, Derby winner did not run the Preakness? it was because it was the year that the Kentucky Derby winner was not actually the Kentucky Derby winner. It was when... I don't have a too recent date here. Maybe my date's no, wrong. There, there, well, there, to this there was there was a recent one, but it was very unique. It was oh, okay. the Kentucky Derby winner was not actually the Kentucky Derby winner. The Kentucky uh, Derby winner there was uh, there was this the stewards inquiry or whatever, and they reversed the Kentucky Derby winner, and then that horse didn't run in the Preakness. But I don't even remember. Okay, <laughs> this is how bad. I don't even remember who that was. So not no. We I was that was your your instinct was right. That's a real tough one. Yeah, that was that was never gonna happen. I don't know how it, I I know you're you're certainly more well versed on horse racing than I am. Yeah, but it's it's still not like I can name. <laughs> it. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. All right, um, Tubular, brought to you today by Simply the Bets. Every Tuesday morning, 1140 a.m. for Simply the Bets, which is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And then next Thursday morning, we'll bring you another episode of Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, Tuesdays at 1140 and every other Thursday at 1140 for Simply the Bets and Weekend at Bookies. Here's what's coming up totally Tubular-wise. It is a busy weekend. There could sure is. not be more going on. Huh. Uh, and by the way, We'll get we'll get to another thing with you in a second. As I mentioned, the oh. Orioles Orioles Red Sox Apple TV Plus tonight is the only place for you to see it. Kyle Bradish and Garrett Whitlock, the pitching matchup there at seven o'clock. NCAA Women's Lacrosse Final Four gets underway like in moments as they move the games for the weather. And right now it is I do see some sun trying to peek Somewhat out at sunny. the moment. Um, uh, first game is the North Carolina Northwestern game at 1230 on ESPN News. Second game is Maryland Boston College at three from Homewood Field. That one's on ESPNU. The championship game will be Sunday at noon on ESPN. Uh, the French Open's on the Tennis Channel today. It's also over the weekend on NBC and Peacock. You can go to glenclarkradio.com and find out how it splits up. Big Ten Baseball Tournament continues on Big Ten Network. Maryland, Michigan tonight. It's scheduled for nine, but it's the fourth of four games. It could start at 2 a.m. I mean, it could – got last night the fourth game started at about 11.30. So it could start literally any time. Mm-hmm. But scheduled for nine, Maryland and Michigan in the winner's bracket. Um, tonight, game six, the Celtics try to close out the Heat at 8.30 on ESPN. On TNT, the Avalanche try again to close out the Blues on the road. Game six of that series at 8 o'clock on TNT. Uh, tomorrow, the men's final four on ESPN two. Cornell at Rutgers or Cornell and Rutgers at noon. Then Princeton Maryland at two thirty. Orioles doubleheader on Masson. It's a split doubleheader. It's a twelve o'clock six o'clock bit, which would be infuriating if it was at home. It's on the road, so who gives a flying f? And there's no Grayson Rodriguez involved. So uh, twelve and six tomorrow for those two games. Um, we'll find out what happens with Maryland baseball depending on what they do tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, Showtime pay-per-view for Javante Davis and Rolando Romero at 9 o'clock. Uh, Orioles on Sunday, 1.30. We do know the pitching matchup for that. That's Bruce Zimmerman and, and Nick Pavetta. Um, 
And Indianapolis 500, Sunday at 1230 on NBC. Uh, big pro wrestling pay-per-view on Sunday night. Double or nothing. AEW or nothing on BR Live. Non-sports. Non-sports. We got Stranger Things That's tonight. That's big. Which is obviously the big one uh, on ne- Netflix. Out now on Netflix. Um, we have Carpool Karaoke, the series on Apple TV+. Plus. That's not so interesting at all. That's not interesting to you? No. Maybe some people? No, um, no one at all. Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, makes its limited series per- premiere, which is going to be two episodes. I, I know a lot of people care about that. Great. It's not for me, but I get it. It's a big deal. We have the season nine finale of mm-hmm. The Blacklist, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure anyone cares about. I Maybe. think people stopped on The Blacklist sometime ago. <laughs> and then we have the one that you're particularly, particularly interested in, if I can say that mm-hmm. word adequately. Uh, Shorzy. Yes. On Hulu is a spinoff premiere. All Big six deal. episodes come out tonight. Tell me about Shorzy. I, I'm not uh, well versed in is, the. You're showing your ass again here, the, man. Uh, do you not? It's a watch, bad day you, for Zach you, Goodman. You don't watch Letter Kenny? I don't. Oh, God, fix that about as quickly as possible. And see, unlike the other things you've mentioned today, yeah. like Ghost, I actually don't even know what that is. God damn it! <laughs> Letter Kenny is the single funniest show that has existed in the last decade. Now, if I'm being honest, Shorzy is very low on my list of favorite things about Letterkenny. Okay. Shorzy is this absurd comic relief in a, within a comedy show mm-hmm. where it's basically just making... It's a it's a hockey player character that you never see his face, although I'm told that you will now in the spinoff. And um, he's just basically... Because it's, it's the same guy who plays Wayne, who's the lead character in Letterkenny, that plays Shorzy, so they never show his face because of it. And he has this really high-pitched voice, as he does. Like, all, And he's basically just making jokes about sleeping with your mom the entire time. Oh. Now, what you have to understand about Letterkenny is that both the highbrow... It's very high-level comedy, and it's very lowbrow comedy. And they weave them together in such a tapestry, and it's so smart, that it actually makes the lowbrow comedy come off really well. Is this That's, show funnier than The Office? It's It's... it's it's so much, it's painfully funny. It's, okay. It happens so quickly, and it's so well done, it could not work as an American. It's a Canadian show mm. that Hulu picked up, and it's so much funnier than anything we've done. Okay. It is relentless. It is a story about some hicks in Canada, and it just keeps going. They did an episode last season that was about... Um, uh, getting your prostate exam, and it is the most side-splitting funny thing I've ever seen. They did an epi- They did a just a one-off episode of Letterkenny this year for International Women's Day, and it will make urine come out of you. It is the funniest show in recent television history. It is perfection, and they have spun off Shorzy for the six-episode arc. Now, I'm told it's better than you would expect, because I, I got to be honest with you, Shorzy for me is like low on the list. I'm excited about it because I like the concept. I'm told the show is even better than that. Okay. I'm very excited about it. Shorzy this weekend on, on Hulu. See, I think the problem for me with, with the name of this show is that it reminds me of Jersey Shore. But that's also a problem because Jersey Shore is also wonderful. <laughs> this is it, where is it, it is. It is it? Jersey Shore is... I'm going to have to... You're not going to be able to... Tyus Bowser and I are planning to rent out the oh. Jersey Shore house to go spend a weekend there as I turn 40 years old next year. We we are that obsessed with Jersey you, you, Shore. You and Tyus Bowser. Tyus Bowser and I have that plan. Um, 
hundred percent. Wow. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. We talked about it openly. And in fact, uh, Adafi Owe wanted to come with us. Um, uh, but he's God. not He's not in on it. This is like Simon and I having a date. Oh, it's just you and yeah. Ty. Right? Well, I don't know if it's just going to be Tyus and I. But Tyus, when I ran it by him, he was like, yeah, we're doing it. I'm like, all right, we're doing it. So well, um, uh, there's that. All right. Very good. There's that. Zach, what do you got on the bat around tomorrow? Um, I don't I, I okay. don't know. Big sell. That's, big <laughs> sell. Better for the question for Paul Valley. Um I, I do not know yet. They'll so talk, they'll talk <laughs> Unfor- baseball. Unfortunately, tomorrow. we we will talk baseball and big. I'm assuming we will we will talk a lot about Adley Rutschman. Big, that would be my guess. The, the big sell. The, the big sell. The big sell is Tune that in. I don't know. I have no idea. I, um, I was not told. So ten to noon on the bat around tomorrow. On Twitter you are uh, at Z Goodman twenty. At Z Goodman twenty. All right, thanks today to uh, Raul Marquez. Thanks to uh, Damon Wilson, the new football coach at Morgan State. Thanks to Jake Mintz from Fox Sports. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. We will get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives. Oh, I don't mind it. I don't, mind. I don't, I don't hate that. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Reminder, we will be off on Monday and back on Tuesday. Uh, and Zach will be with us all week again next week. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin, Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Oh, thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. I'm supposed to do that. Thanks to uh, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Have a great weekend. Uh, thank you and our, our thoughts always with those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. Time will not dim the glory of their deeds. We will see you on Tuesday. Uh, go Birds, go Maryland men and women, and baseball. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>